It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Now on 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, g'day. Thanks for padding up, putting in the mouth guard and running on with me this morning. 13, 13, 15, 55, excuse me, as I swallow that tea on a sharpish Monday morning, a back-to-school Monday. 13, 13, 55, they're the digits you need. Look, it is back-to-school Monday. Hope the roads are okay for you. A bit more traffic on them over the last two weeks, aren't they? Look, speaking of roads, what's the road look like now for you and Nick Kyrgios? Do you forgive him? After last night, I know he didn't win, but he held himself okay. And when I say forgive, is that the word? Is that the word I'm searching for? Forgive, forgive. Help me out here. 13 13 55, you can send a text to 0467 736 736. Were you cheering him on? Well, you were, weren't you, last night? Of course you were. I was too. Plenty of bleary eyes this morning too around the country. He was so silky to watch. Those baseline drop shots, wow, they were just so good. You were cheering him on last night. Will you be cheering him on again after this? A word for Nick Kyrgios. Sum him up in a word. To me, it's confusion. He confuses me, and that's okay. I'm not really sure how I should feel about him. And that's cool, isn't it? How do you feel about Nick Kyrgios? Will you be cheering him on again? Were you just cheering him on last night because he was an Aussie in the Wimbledon final and he was up against Novak's? What about his next tournament? Will you be cheering him on? 13, 13, 55, 04, 67, 736, 736. Look, more than 100,000 of you were in southeast Queensland stadiums over the weekend, Saturday night and yesterday. Suncorp, the Gabba, Metricon. We saw the Broncos, we saw the Lions, the Wallabies, the Suns. How good was it? Now we've got two more sleeps until State of Origin. Who should wear the most famous jersey in Origin history? The Maroons, number six. Did non-debut? Well, should they switch it up and put Ben Hunt in there? He's leading the Dally M's coming into this Origin Series. What do you reckon? We'll run the Monday means test very shortly. Scott Sattler, he'll be along to cast his eye over the baby Broncos and the Maroons lineup. They'll be training in about an hour and a half's time. After training, Daly Cherry Evans, the captain, will be speaking. If that happens before midday, you will hear it here first on SENQ, your new home of sport here in Queensland. We'll have the charger sheet coming through this morning as well. Tarek Sims, should he have been sent off Suncorp Stadium last uh, yesterday evening? Of course he should have. Two sin bins, surely your second one means you're off. And that second one where he dropped the shoulder into the face of Reese Kennedy, that's a send-off every day of the week, isn't it? I mean, we saw David Clemmer get sent off the night before and he just gave someone a facial. Sure, it was only seconds left on the clock, but Tarek Sims, he should have gone. We'll find out what's happening with Brandon Smith too. We'll get your take on that. Mitch Lyon, uh, Mitch Robinson from the Lions will touch base into the Lions' den after their Cubs loss yesterday. It was brave, but they still went down to Essendon. We'll fire up the blowtorch. We'll have the fallout from the Wallabies' first loss at Suncorp in six years, plus a brand-new segment. Where are they now? Lock you up. Fires it, rifles it, out to Thurston. Thurston away. It's Captain Smith. It's gone to Bob. Bob's got number two. Adam Mogg has scored. That's his second try. Adam Mogg has scored. Try number two on the move. 
Oh, it still gives me tingles all these years later. 2006, game two at Suncorp Stadium. Adam who? Adam Mogg. That's right. That night, it was an absolute mogging, and it sent us on course for a decider in 2006. And we know what happened after that. The rest is history. Adam Mogg on the show a little later on. Now on Mornings with Ben Davis, it's time for Benny's Blowtorch. Oh, look, so much I could have focused on today, Kyrgios, uh, the COVID chaos at the Broncos and the Maroons uh, and, and the Lions too, the baby Broncos, they got up. What about the Lions Club? So much we could have spoken about, but 46,500 of you over the weekend convinced me that there's still a feeling, there's still a passion, there's still a desire for this. And it's the game they play in heaven, rugby. Why has it gone to hell? If you were one of the 46,500 at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night for the Wallabies in England, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. 131355, send me a text 0467-736-736. Were you happy with what you saw on Saturday night? I'm not talking the result. The other thing I want to know is if have you had your witness statement taken by the police yet? Because you and I, and yes, I was there on Saturday night, we witnessed a shocking crime. We witnessed rugby union being murdered in front of our eyes and no one is doing a thing about it. Were you happy with what you saw on Saturday night? Did you get your money's worth? And if you weren't there and were watching it on Stan, did you get your money's worth? Did you understand what was going on? The rules are too convoluted. The game is too slow. And the worst rule in world sport has got to be a sin bin for that deliberate knock-on. Tell me I'm wrong. That has got to be the worst rule in world sport. And if it isn't, what is? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. I'm not alone in thinking this. I know that. From the grassroots right up into the elite. Here's Eddie Jones, England coach, after the match. Well, I think the game's gone out of control. I think the game's out of control. Um, yeah, we saw the New Zealand Island test. You know, at one stage... The commentators couldn't count how many players were on the field. Seriously, and they had three backs packing a scrum. Like we've got, we've got it. We've we've gone the full hog, um, where everything's a yellow card, everything's a red card, and there needs to be some common sense come back into the game, because if if you're following a team or you're supporting a team or you're watching a game of rugby. And, it, and the numbers are changing all the time. You know, we're supposed to have a 15... If we want to play 14 a side, let's just... Like, I asked the referee today how many yellow and red cards he had in his pocket. So I picked up his pocket and had a look how many he had. He had plenty. Um, but he didn't use so many of them today. But he used enough of them. Yeah, I think we've gone, gone too far. And that was from the winning coach... Eddie Jones, after Saturday night, the game is over-officiated, it's over-policed, and fans are over it, aren't you? Or will you be back? Will you pay your hard-earned to keep getting disappointed, frustrated, confused? 13 13 55, send me a text, 0467 736 I had the pleasure of sitting next to Stephen Moore, former Wallabies captain for the game. That is in itself an absolute treat. A 15-year career, three World Cups, 129 tests. He was asked by everyone around him in the stadium, including myself and my son, what was that for? How's that a penalty? What's happening here? And then hit repeat. Now, he had some answers, but not many. 
There's 129 tests worth of experience. Our second most capped Wallaby, our most capped super rugby player of all time, a former captain who actually gets to talk to refs. If he's bewildered, if he's lost, if he's confused by the rules, then what about the rest of us? World rugby is cannibalising itself. It's losing its Australia. It's losing its fan base. It's losing its players. It's losing its coaches. Based on law, Marcus Smith got yellow carded and so did Izzy. And there's no doubt Izzy's trying to catch it, but I think they're implying if you go with it uh, with one hand, yeah, you run a risk. So, um, yeah, it's certainly different from a, an intentional slap down. But anyway, it's, it's the law, and the ref's got to ref accordingly. So uh, I have no issue with their decision. There we go, Dave Rennie, uh, being very diplomatic, very straight bat. He has no issue with the way it was officiated. He has an issue with the rule. It is the worst rule in world sport. Tell me I'm wrong. The deliberate knockdown rule. If you are deliberately knocking down, cynical play, they call it. It's only rubbish you come up with a term like that, cynical play. But there was no cynical play in what happened on Saturday night. Not from Isaiah Parisi, maybe from Marcus Smith, maybe, just maybe. But they were both going for intercepts. What that showed on Saturday night is total lack of knowledge, feel, or even presence of sport. Both players going for an intercept. And yet, apparently, the rule states that they are sin-binnable offences. That's not cynical play. That's attacking play. That's the entire essence of the game, trying to get the ball for your team to score. That's the rules. What about the time factor? Between stoppages, packing scrums, resetting, the TMO, oh, please. We love it when they get involved for things that may have been missed, but not every single play. The game has more stoppages now than NFL. I remember Steve Moore actually said, why are the trainers coming on? He said, no one's worked up a sweat. This was about 30 minutes into the game. There has been so many stoppages. You know what it's losing? It's losing its war of attrition. Players can play 80 minutes. Actually, they play more than that. The clock's ticking. What was that first half between Ireland and New Zealand? If you were watching that, that went more for more than an hour, the test match before the Wallabies. 13-13-55, the digits you need. It wasn't that long ago, names like... Eels, Horan, Kefu, Flatley, Gregan, Stephen Moore, they were household names. But not now. The, the Wallabies are playing without names. And, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who pulled on the gold jumper. You can do much more than any of us listening right now. I understand that. We just don't know who they are. The amount of people I heard, overheard at Suncorp on Saturday night, they were saying, who, who are these guys? Who's that number? Who, who's that in the second row? Who's that in the, at lock? We've lost connection with rugby. We used to love it. We've all got Wallaby jerseys up on our wall. We all remember the Eels, the Horns, the Kefus, the Flatleys, but the Greekans, but, but what now? Is it because our best players are going overseas? Is it because of the rules and the time wasting? Is it because now that rugby is stuck behind a paywall with little other incentive to actually buy that channel to watch it? When it was on Fox, you had a myriad of sports you could pick from so you could justify spending that money. Now, if you're buying Stan, it's, what, just for the rugby? If your son or daughter plays rugby here in Brisbane, whether it be at Chipsy Wood, Yoku Road, Bottomley Park, uh, UQ, Shore Road, Sylvan Road, Sunnybank, wherever it may be, thousands of kids do. I, I see them. I've been there. I've watched it on a Saturday morning. 
But then what? Where do we lose that connection with rugby? When do they drop out? Rugby's nursery is so minutely small when you think about it on the world stage. Nine GPS schools from Brisbane and nine from Sydney. They take the best of that into the Wallabies. But you know what? Once that gets promoted in the GPS schools, guess who comes along? The NRL. They swoop and they take their best. Wednesday night, State of Origin, Tom Gilbert, Brisbane Grammar. Pat Carrigan, Terrace. Ponga, Churchy. It seems like rugby doesn't stand a chance, yet it does. It punches above its weight. The Wallabies go all right, but they're just absolutely getting smashed by over-convoluted rules and time-wasting. Why has the game they play in heaven gone to hell? 131355. Drop me a text 0467 736 736. Now on mornings with Ben Davis. It's time for Benny's Blowtorch. There we go. We've lit up the blowtorch 13 degrees. I hope that warms you up this Monday morning. Text coming through. Thank you for this one. Grant, Eddie said on SEN last week, yeah, with Pat and Heels, what an interview that was. Rugby is trying to make the game perfect. Life's not like that. It's not perfect. Perfect is vanilla. What a shame this great game of ours is out of control. Grant, thank you. Thank you for your text. And on Kyrgios, Megan, good morning to you. Exciting is the word I'd use for Nick Kyrgios. Maybe a little eccentric at times, but it keeps tennis interesting. She loves watching. Will she be watching again, though? Were you up watching Wimbledon last night, the final? And why were you watching? Was it just to cheer on an Aussie? Or was it to see Nick Kyrgios and what he would do? Would he implode? Would he bark up? The Joker, he was the Iceman, wasn't he? And he waited for Nick to make those mistakes, but, geez, he looked good in the first set, Nick Kyrgios. Will you be watching and cheering on Nick next game? What now? Is this a tipping point? Is this a turning point for Nick Kyrgios? 13-13-55-04-67-736-736. Brisbane Lions, the Cubs, they ran out last night with, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, at the Gabba. Nine new faces in their team from the week before. A few injuries, but many from COVID. So that's pretty much half the team. 18 on the field at one point, nine new faces. They were brave, but they were still beaten. They were in it until the last kick, but were still beaten. They're fourth on the ladder, sitting on 44 points. But so are fifth place, so are sixth place. Seventh place, the Swans, they're just one win away from that. This could be a turning point for the Brisbane Lions. Mitch Robinson is inside the den. We'll have him on the phone before 12 o'clock today. It's coming up to 15 past 9, 131. 55, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. You're on 693 SNQ, Queensland's new home of sport. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for your company this morning. Scott Sattler in about 10 minutes' time, the Monday means test. And we'll take your snap judgments too on the text line. Grant, uh, Garth, sorry, thank you for that. He said, you lose. This is talking about rugby. Why is the game played in heaven going to hell? And he says, you lose a number from school, but the drop-off from Colts to grade is huge. Huge. Why are we turning away from rugby? Is it because of the rules? 
Is it because of time wasting? This is what we're seeing at the elite level. What about grassroots? 13, 13, 55. All right, let's bring in our resident New South Welshman. That's right, every hero <laughs> needs a villain. Hello, Alyssa. Hello, Very good morning ben. with a sport update. Yes, good morning to you. Were you up watching Nick last night? You know what? I watched it uh, and, you know, I, I actually really enjoy watching him because you think mm. about it and he's so entertaining. Sport is entertainment. How many eyeballs, like we're talking about him right now, mm. if he wasn't in that final, we, we would still be touching on it. But would there be so much controversy? Probably not. Sum him up in a word. Right now, after last night, I said, do we give, forgive Nick Kyrgios? Is that the word we're looking for? He confuses me. Mm. There's another word. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get. Is that your feeling about him or is that how he makes you feel? Oh, Bit of both. That's yeah. a good question. But I, I honestly think sometimes, you know, he, he was speaking last night and he, he said, ball boy, um, ball, ball kids, thank you so much. Spectators, thank you so much. I know sometimes I'm hard to deal with. So sometimes he can be, he can acknowledge that he's in the wrong. Mm. But then other times he's just blatantly in the wrong. He knows. He knows <laughs> it too. He knows it. All right. What else has been happening in the world of sport? Plenty. Okay. Plenty indeed. But with Nick Kyrgios, uh, Djokovic got the job done. He did speak afterwards. I just want to touch on what he had to say. He's tough to beat though, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a bit of a god. I'm not going to lie. I thought I played well. Um, but yeah, first of all, I just want to congratulate Novak and your team. Of course, you've won this championship. I don't even know how many times anymore. So, um, And then obviously, um, to all the ball kids, umpires, you know, you know, I know me and you, uh, you and I have a very tough relationship at times, but I, I thought I'd Thank you for putting up with it. Um, and then the crowd. It's been an amazing couple of weeks for me personally. Seven Wimbledon crowns for Djokovic. The God. The God. Exactly. But there we go. We just saw a humble Nick Kyrgios. Exactly. So unpredictable. That mm. is the word I would stick with. Uh, but plenty happening in the world of sport. Yesterday, the Brisbane Broncos got the job done over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It was such a special occasion as well. That win took the winning streak at Suncorp Stadium to six. So I know before those, that, that game last night, they lost two games on the road. But that is the sixth win on the trot for the Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp. That, that was the shining light over the weekend, weren't they? The baby they, Broncos. They we, were. We had the fortress at the Gabba. Uh, where the Lions had, had not lost for – well, they hadn't lost at all this year. And out of their last 35, I think they'd lost just once in the Amazing. home and away season. That got broken. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Saturday night at Suncorp, the Wallabies' house of pain, Suncorp yes. Stadium. 2016 was the last time they'd lost there, so six years. And England – in fact, it was Eddie Jones's England that yes. had was the last team to beat the Wallabies at Suncorp until Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, they got the job done. And what a momentous occasion as well. Mm. It was a celebration last night, 30 years since the Brisbane Broncos' inaugural premiership win. Mm. Uh 1992. St. George can't play. Alfie. No? <laughs> yes. Do we bring that? No, Dragons fans never let that <laughs> no, go. Never let not. that go, do they? They do not. But the baby Broncos, you said it before, yep. they had such a young side, uh, some inexperience there. But when they're out on the park, they looked like they'd been playing together for years. They were so well put together. And it was a seesawing event. We know that. But there was a deb- debutante last night as well, Zach Hosking. Oh, yeah. He was outstanding. Played the full 80 minutes. 152 run metres. This is his first game. And played the entire 80. I yeah, love that. Absolutely. Exactly. Is Tessie, that 
Dad and Mum would have been proud they were there, oh, didn't they? They were there from Newcastle. Yeah. Good newy people, that's for sure. <laughs> they were so excited. They were there at the post-match function as well, and they were almost crying. He got awarded player of of the round from his teammates, and oh, um, and the old boys were there. So in front of them, his family were there. They were so proud. They were so proud. It was so nice to see. So Speaking of one of those old boys, one of them, our back rower too, will be here after yes. 11. That's right, Trevor Gilmeister, the Gilly. axe. Exactly. So he would have been proud too, seeing, yes. uh, seeing uh, Dave. Because he played against his old man, Zach Hosking, mm. Dave Hosking from Manly. Yeah, the Gil- mule. The mule. The so, mule. Uh, very, very, very proud indeed. Absolutely. So, but as you mentioned, uh, plenty happening in AFL. The Gold Coast Suns, how was that on the weekend? That final kick, the goal on the siren. They were down by 10 points, a minute and a half left to go in the game. And then they snuck up and they finally sealed the deal and won it by two points. I love that. It's one of the great sporting uh, stories of the year. Stewie Jew was going to be sacked Mm. from pretty much round one. He had the shadow of uh, Clarkson just hanging over him the entire time. But uh, until last week when he was signed... Demically, sword has been taken away. The team is playing with some freedom. They yes. knocked off Richmond again. It was a la Carmichael Hunt on the siren up in Cairns. What was that? It was about ten years ago, wasn't yes. it? But to, to take down uh, take down the Tigers. The Tigers. There's some serious there's some mm. serious naval gazing going on down oh, yeah. there at Richmond. But the Suns are just burning away, firing away. Can they make the finals? Can oh. they make the top eight? We'll have to hold our breath for that one, <laughs> I think. Uh, but the Brisbane Lions, the ten point loss to Essendon. You just think, wow, how did that happen? Yeah, it was only it was only kicking it. They were down by four in the with the final minute to go, and then uh, Starsevich was uh, uh, Brandon was hit for a, again a high a high tackle, and I say again because we have been focusing on umpires and rules and stuff over the uh, last half an hour. Uh, I'm not going to say controversial, but geez, it could have gone another way. Mm. Didn't lose them the game. A lot of inaccuracy, yes. A lot of wasted passages there, but again, the Lion Cubs they held. Their own, I thought. Yep. Yes, Essendon not anywhere near the level that Brisbane are. But when half of your team is missing from the week before, and not it wasn't just something on Monday that they knew mm. that, okay, we're going to have nine players come in, let's train all week. These were players that were dropping like flies all through the week. So whatever game plan was made, then all of a sudden they just had to change it again, change it again, change it again. Can you imagine so. how many hours were spent working on that game plan? Oh. Chris Fagan. Continuously changing. Got to, have a, got to have a cup of tea to lie down <laughs> yeah. after that. Hey, uh, the Austrian Grand Prix was on last night as well. We and, missed that, uh, didn't we? We were too busy watching uh, Nick. I know. There was so much sport on last night. It was mm. fantastic. Charles Leclerc claimed first position and Max Verstappen came in second. Carlos Sainz, though, his car caught on fire. He's okay. But uh, it was pretty It was pretty specky. We know Formula One, they are beautiful machines and mm. there's always drama, but it went up in flames. Supercars in Townsville too over the weekend. Shane Van Gisbergen yes. got it done. He got it done over both days. Well, he, he got it done in controversial circumstances on that final corner when Anton Di Pasquale gave yep. him a nudge. Well, drove straight through him. And I think it was great, great tactical nous from mm-hmm. Van Gisbergen or whether it was the team in his ear saying, don't let him redress, don't pass him. He followed him over the line in second place, but that five-second penalty stood, so it was another ripping, ripping day for the – or a ripping weekend for the uh, Red Bull Racing team, yeah, the Holdens. cracking weekend. And we had this conversation. You a Holden or Ford girl? Um, I'm a Holden girl. Oh, no, very good. Don't, don't, okay, don't. I was hey, thinking I was oh, – well, I'm, a... I'm already being called the villain for going for New South Wales. That's my home team. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to cop some more here. No, no that's all right. <laughs> you, you, you're starting to balance out the ledger now. 
Holden, this is good. Don't ever apologise. No, ever I'm not apologize. a Ford girl. I'm not a Ford girl. No, not too many people are. All right, 131355, 0467736736. Uh, the digits you need. Oh, you know what, Alyssa? We have, we've got some more body science vouchers to give away today too. We do. We've got two $100 gift vouchers for body science. So all you need to do is call into the show, give your opinion, tell us if you agree with us or not. Tell Ben whether or not he's on the right path or, you know, if, if, if he should be saying something else. You know, if you, like, uh, if you liked the rugby game on the weekend, let us know. I don't know many people would agree with you, though. And if you're a fan of Curios, well, Dave is, Dave, Dave on the tweet machine has said the rule is fine. The interpretation was, Ooh. can't use the word he used, but it was ordinary. It was in the house. It was in the outhouse. There we go. Um, an attempted intercept. That's what it was. It wasn't a deliberate knock-on. So, Dave, thank you. You can jump on SENQLD is where you'll find us on Twitter as well. All right. Body Science. Those $100 vouchers, all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, happy, healthy Aussies for 23 years. Speaking of happy, fit, healthy Aussies, on the other side of this, Scott Sattler, the Monday Means Test here on SENQ. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, we'll head inside the Lions den before midday. They are licking their wounds after yesterday's loss to the Bombers. Uh, brave but beaten. Where does it lead them? What's the fallout been? What has Chris Fagan been telling his troops? And who will be coming back for next week against the Giants? Pivotal time for the Brisbane Lions. But now let's run the rule over the means test in the NRL and state of origin after the weekend. Let's welcome in uh, SEN League expert. He's got his own show. He's played origin. He's played for a 4,000 club. Scott Sattler, good morning to you. Benny, how are you? Mate, I'm very well. What did you make of the Broncos yesterday? Really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Called the game for SEN League. And um, I felt their effort now proves to a lot of you know, rugby league people that there's depth back at the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. Um, we always see the Broncos over many, many years when they've got that baby Bronco tag and they've got a lot of those young players that are not making debuts but have only played a handful of NRL games. They just seem to aim up. Now, they lost their way there for a few years, the the Brisbane Broncos, with that. But I feel as though that Kevin Walters and his staff have done a great job. Benny Eichen, who I think has been one of the best signings in the NRL, to be quite honest, both he and Dave Donaghy with, with the Brisbane Broncos, just been able to realign the Brisbane Broncos with what we're used to. So I think all in all, really impressive. Going up against the Dragons team that were really desperate to stay in touch with the top eight, and they were coming into the game in eighth position. Um, but Adam Reynolds just—he's a maestro. He just—he treats the opposition like it's a chessboard, and and pushes the team around the field. And and it must be just so reassuring for for Kevin Walters to know that he's got like a second coach out on the footy field that they can just change on the run when he needs to because he's been involved in those big games. So all in all. Really impressive. Now we go into the back half of the season. This is, you know, this is where it makes or breaks you as a side because your young players got to be able to stay resilient through this period. Exactly right. We'll get the excavator out and dig deeper into that very, very shortly. But one of the reasons why they were the baby Broncos, so not only injuries, but origin, of course, and the late call-up by Corey Oates. 
And this is all because of the COVID chaos going inside Camp Maroon. They're out on the training park in the next hour down at Sanctuary Cove. And as I said earlier in the program, if Daly Cherry Evans, the captain, he's speaking after training. If he does pop up before midday, you'll hear it live here on SENQ. So, Sats, the big question is, who plays 5'8"? Who wears the most famous jersey in rugby league, the Maroon number 6 on Wednesday night? Oh, it's... I think we're trying to look too much into it, to be quite honest, Benny. I think we think that Billy's going to make all these last-minute changes. And I think that's – I think you're, you're dicing with death if you do too many – make too many changes leading into a decider. Now, some of the arguments were, do you bring Reese Walsh in, play him fullback, and then throw Caelan Ponger up into the 5'8 role? Many would say, well, that, that's a great move. But you've got to remember, Caelan's never really played 5'8 at origin level, so a huge ask in a decider. Um, Reese Walsh would handle Origin. I think a lot of the young players have shown that they're a lot more confident than what we were when we were you know, playing big games. They're a lot more confident these days, the young kids. So I think they handle it uh, quite easy. But in saying that, I don't think he'll make too many changes. I think he don't, doesn't want to play around with that that hooking dynamic that he's got there where he starts with Benny Hunt and brings on Harry Grant after 20, 25 minutes. Um, and Tommy did, and I think... Billy Slater, by the time kickoff comes around on Wednesday night, he'll make Tommy Deedon feel like he is the best player in the NRL and that he deserves to be in that number six position because Origin is about defensive efforts, little tiny defensive efforts that always always evolve, all these little battles that evolve around the Origin field. And Tommy Deedon is actually one of the best defenders in the NRL. And so I think Billy Slater will just slot Tommy did into the 5'8 position and give him a really basic role, which means that Kalen and Daly Cherry Evans have got to be the best players on the field Wednesday night. 13-13-55-04-67-736-736. You just heard there from Scott Sattler, a little disruption as possible. Is that the key? Would you like to see Tom Dean wear Queensland number six? We've had Lewis. We've had Lockyer. Uh, we've had a host of them go through that jersey. Uh, it's amazing the calibre of players there. And now Tom Dearden looks like he's going to be stepping up into that. And, and Sats, I guess this just plays into the narrative, doesn't it? Queensland, adversity, backs against the wall, underdog, you name it. It just plays into our hands. How much does that actually count for on Wednesday night? It counts a lot. If this wasn't played at Suncorp, I really think Queensland would be up, their backs would be up against the wall even further. But oh, you, you can't underestimate the the importance of the Suncorp crowd, especially in Decider. Joey Johns himself on the footy show yesterday was saying that he's he's never been smacked in the face by the noise of the crowd at a Decider at Origin when he runs out, where you know, your whole body actually shakes. And it doesn't matter how experienced you are for these big games, you look forward to them. But when you actually, when you're confronted with them, you know, it is quite intimidating. And it's going to be interesting how some of these players who have played Origin for New South Wales, but those that have only played three or four games, never played a decider at Suncorp slash Lane Park, how much of an intimidation factor maybe that plays. So, you know, you look at some of the, the past games where Queensland's backs have been to the wall. Game one, 1980, Alan Smith is the 5'8". There's a, you know, a, a kid from Toowoomba who goes down to Sydney and plays for North Sydney and is all of a sudden brought back to uh, play for Queensland in the number six jersey. And Arthur Beetson, who's at that stage, what, 33, 34 years of age, playing reserve grade at Parramatta. So 
with then knees you fast that don't work. Not... With knees that don't work. I mean, Arthur was busted, wasn't he? When he when he tried exactly. to exactly, yeah. Out and then you got. Yeah. I think it was 1988. Correct me if I'm wrong. When Wally misses his first Origin game, and Peter Jackson jumps into the number six jersey and get has a man of the match performance, and then they win the series. And then you fast forward to 1995 and. Queensland name a redheaded coach that hosts a footy show on Channel Nine, and he's never coached a game of rugby league in his life, and is seen as a bit of a jokester, and puts together a, a team of you know ragtag bunch of players, and Dale Shearer was like 52 years of age at that stage, and and New South Wales had 10 or 11 internationals, and coached by the great Gus Gould, and and somehow they go out and win three nil, clean sweep. The New South Wales side who tried to save face at Suncorp or Lang Park in game three and a young 18-year-old Benny Eichen scores a try and, you know, the rest is history. So, you know, Queensland has been littered with these games where our backs are to the wall. This is just another one. 12 Origin deciders played at Lang Park, the Cauldron, Suncorp Stadium, call it what you want. Um, actually, no, that's not right because 12 have been played in Brisbane. One of them was at QE2 when Alan Langer came back in 2001. Mm. So, but... So let's call it Origin Deciders in Brisbane. 12 there. New South Wales have won just twice. And one was in 1994. Uh, that was the series with the Miracle Try. And then 2005 was the last time that Queensland lost a decider in Brisbane on their home turf. And I think the man you mentioned before, Joey Johns, had a night out, which uh, which is one of his rare nights out in Origin. That was the big thing for me about Joey Johns and, and his immortal status. He, he never really dominated Origin like someone like Wally did. All right, what needs to happen outside of the the spiritual and the the feel we have of playing a decider at, at, at home, Sats? We need to put pressure on Nathan Cleary. We saw what happened in game one when that happened. Gave him no time, no space. But game two, he was allowed to run a mark. Yeah. Well, you know, it's in game one, we were just far more physical, far more aggressive than New South Wales. We we basically beat, beat them up in the middle of the field. And when Carrigan and Lindsay Collins came on, they lifted the intensity. And New South Wales didn't have the ability to go with them. So... It's got to be a mirror image of game one. And mind you, game two, we were leading 12-8 until Felice Cafusi was sitting bid. You know, a lot of people seem to think that the game was a foregone conclusion by half time. We were well in that game and just asked to do a lot more work with Cafusi off the field right before half time. So I don't think Billy has to change too much, to be quite honest. I, I love the inclusion of Corey Oates. He's been playing great this year. He's He's a far more mature player, and it usually happens with rugby league players or sports men and women. After they have a child, there's a lot more responsibility in your life. And and I've seen with Corey this year, with free of injury and a little bit more maturity, he's been outstanding. So I love that inclusion. I think Queensland is stronger with Corey Oates in the side. And we just have to be far more physical than New South Wales in those opening 15 or 20 minutes. And then going into half time. Um, if Queensland are leading or the game is is an arm wrestle stage, that's the way that Queensland have got to win it. They've got to be willing to go into extra time and win it by a field goal. They've got to drag this New South Wales team into the trenches and ask a lot of them physically. And then, then it comes to how emotionally connected you are to your teammates to be able to come up with those little tiny big big plays we're talking about little in the scheme of watching the game, big when they're amongst your teammates. So uh, Queensland are basically, they've just got to roll the sleeves up and, and turn this into World War Three. Final one on Origin. Can they win it without Munster? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we speak about, you know, like I said, if this wasn't played at Suncorp, I would think it would be one of our great, one of our greatest origin victories if it was away from Suncorp. But being at Suncorp and using that crowd as your as your eighteenth, your eighteenth player, um, I think it plays into the hands of Queensland. And and we've seen so many times that we just spoke about earlier on. So many times when we when we didn't have our star players on the field, but we just we were able just to, to be able to come together as a, as a unit and come up with really great victories. If we win this series in game three, I think, you know, we'll be talking about this in 10, 15, 20 years time, Benny. Outstanding. I know it's a question that Patton Heels posed this morning. Can Queensland win the state of origin without Cameron Munster? Scott Sattler says, yes. What do you say? One, three, one, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Scott Sattler in the Monday means tests on the other side of this. We'll be running the rules through the Broncos and what that win means yesterday for the rest of their season. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13, 13, 55 or text 0467, 736, 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 12 away from 10. Thanks for your company this Monday morning. You can follow us too on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at SENQLD, Facebook SENQLD. You can grab a podcast of the show as well. Subscribe to SENQ via iTunes or Spotify. If you miss anything, we have $100 vouchers from Body Science to give away. All thanks to Body Science. Fueling fit, happy, healthy Aussies for 23 years. Speaking of which, fit, healthy, happy. Scott Sattler, the Monday means test. Scotty, you were calling the Broncos game against the Dragons on the weekend. It was great to see all of the old boys there as well as they uh, re... I guess they commemorated their 30 years since beating St George in that grand final in 1992. Outstanding. Outstanding to see them there. Uh, Some of them looking... Fully fit and looking like they could still play. Some looking like they've been a pretty good pasture as well over the last thirty years. Was there anyone but you didn't recognise? I didn't recognise Wayne uh, Willie Khan. Yeah, took me a while to recognise Willie. Um, but in saying that, um, Big Lazo being there, of course, that was his second stint um, after leaving Canberra and going to the Bron- Broncos and winning another premiership with the Broncos before he went to Melbourne. An amazing grand final. Great story in that grand final was the day before Lang- Alan Langer taking and Trevor Gilmoster going to the races before on the, the airport to go to Sydney. And Alfie, as you know, hates a sight of blood and hit his head on the one of the bookies, one of the bookies uh, stands and yep. had a little tiny cut on his eye and he fainted. And Trevor Gilmoster thought a dragon supporter had king hit him, <laughs> so they had to try and they had to try and hide it from Wayne Bennett when they got on the plane Saturday and then Sunday morning. There was breaking news while they were all watching TV as a team that Alan Langer had fainted at the races the day before and Wayne didn't know about it. And then Alan Langer goes on and a Clive Churchill medal performance. It's outstanding stuff. We'll get Gilly after 11 too, see what his take of that story is. Um, 13.55 is the number you need. Now, Blake is in line. I'm going to hold on to Blake in just a moment. We'll get to you in a second, champion, because I just want to ask Sats. 38-12, fantastic win, mm. baby Broncos. What does this do for Brisbane going forward? They've got the Titans this weekend, and we see that in the games above them on the ladder or the teams above them on the ladder, the Sharks are playing the Cowboys. So there is a chance to to climb that ladder and, and shorten or at least close that, uh, that gap between the top four. Yeah, I think they've proven now that they can, they can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone in the competition. I mean... 
when you look at the Penrith Panthers, who are so far out in front of everyone else, three wins at the moment ahead of Melbourne. Um, I mean, they deserve to be premiership favourites, but this Broncos side, they're still learning their craft. A lot of their young players, your Ezra Mams and your Tessie News, and um, even Katoni's still trying to learn his, just trying to navigate his way through um, being one of those strike centres. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was the best player on the field yesterday, both Ian Reynolds. But mm. um, in saying that, um, you know, they're, they're playing like they're a top four side. And, and you do that when you get your, when you have a lot of your players away and you've got to rely on your depth. If your depth has the ability to beat a dragon side, minus Ben Hunt by 32 points to 18, you're going okay. You're going really well. So I think what they're proving to everyone now is that when some of the players step away, they've got some, you know, really reliable soldiers to be able to fit, fit in. So um, oh, I think they're primed nicely to, to push for a top four spot. Push for a top four spot. Scott Sattler, our Monday expert on the Monday means test. Uh, let's head out to the peninsula. Redcliffe and Blake is on the line. G'day, Blake. Hi. Hello, mate. How? Hang on. Blake, how old are you? Um, I'm 11. You're 11. Outstanding. Quick question. Shouldn't you be at school? Oh, no. <laughs> That's all right. You've got, have you got a question for Sats, have you? Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the six again rule. You don't like the six again rule? Think about that. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Sats? Yeah, I, I don't mind the six again rule in the middle part of the field, because what it, what it does do, Blake, I think there's some players like myself when I played, when I used to love playing 80 minutes and it allowed me to, at the back end of games, it allowed me to use my fitness over the top of some of the really big guys. And so it brought some of those guys back into the game. But I don't know what, I don't know about what you think, but some, one of our listeners brought up a really good point during the week. He said five minutes before half time and five minutes before full time. So 35th minute and the 75th minute, mm. a buzzer goes off and that tells the referee that in the next five minute period, no six agains, only penalties or sin bins. Oh, okay. Good no, idea. That's, that's that. Hey, Blake thinks it's a good idea. Blake, thank you. Thank you, dad as well, who I'm tipping that was in the background as uh, for you out there at Redcliffe. Blake, a $100 voucher from Body Science for you and your dad to get stuck into that. It's all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, healthy, uh, happy and healthy Aussies for 23 years. Uh, Sats, I'm looking at the clock. We are pressing up to the 10 o'clock news very shortly. What are we now? Six and a half away from 10. Um, I do want to grab you one final one before we hit the 10 o'clock news. And if you can hang on after that, because there's a lot to delve into. Tarek Sims, should he have been sent off? Uh, 10 years ago, no. In the current day, I think it's fair to say that direct contact with the head, and you always got to ask the question, did he have, have another option? Yeah, I thought he had another option. So I'm saying in this day. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 12 away from 10. Thanks for your company this Monday morning. You can follow us too on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at SENQLD, Facebook SENQLD. You can grab a podcast of the show as well. Subscribe to SENQ via iTunes or Spotify. If you miss anything, we have $100 vouchers from Body Science to give away, all thanks to Body Science 
fueling fit, happy, healthy Aussies for 23 years. Speaking of which, fit, healthy, happy, Scott Sattler, the Monday means test. Scotty, you were calling the Broncos game against the Dragons on the weekend. It was great to see all of the old boys there as well as they uh, re... I guess they commemorated their 30 years since beating St George in that grand final, 1992. Outstanding. Outstanding to see them there. Uh, Some of them looking fully fit and looking like they could still play. Some looking like they've been a pretty good pasture as well over the last 30 years. Was there anyone you didn't recognise? I didn't recognise Wayne uh, Willie Kahn. Yeah. Took me a while to recognise Willie. Um, but in saying that, um, Big Lazo being there, of course, that was his second stint um, after leaving Canberra and going to the Bron- Broncos and winning another premiership with the Broncos before he went to Melbourne. An amazing grand final. Great story in that grand final was the day before Lang- Alan Langer taking and Trevor Gilmoster going to the races before on the, the airport to go to Sydney. And, and Alfie, as you know, hates a sight of blood and hit his head on the one of the bookies, one of the bookies uh, stands and yep. had a little tiny cut on his eye and he fainted. And Trevor Gilmoster thought a dragon supporter had king hit him, <laughs> so they had to try and they had to try and hide it from Wayne Bennett when they got on the plane Saturday. And then Sunday morning. There was breaking news while they were all watching TV as a team that Alan Langer had fainted at the races the day before and Wayne didn't know about it. And then Alan Langer goes on and a Clive Churchill medal performance. It's outstanding stuff. We'll get Gilly after 11 to see what his take of that story is. Um, 13.55 is the number you need. Now, Blake is in line. I'm going to hold on to Blake in just a moment. We'll get to you in a second, champion, because I just want to ask Sats. 38.12. Fantastic win, mm. baby Broncos. What does this do for Brisbane going forward? They've got the Titans this weekend, and we see that in the games above them on the ladder or the teams above them on the ladder, the Sharks are playing the Cowboys. So there is a chance to to climb that ladder and, and shorten or at least close that, uh, that gap between the top four. Yeah, I think they've proven now that they can, they can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone in the competition. I mean... When you look at the Penrith Panthers, you're so far out in front of everyone else. Three wins at the moment ahead of Melbourne. Um, I mean, they deserve to be premiership favourites. But this Broncos side, they're still learning their craft. A lot of their young players, your Ezra Mams and your Tessie News. And um, even Katoni's still trying to learn. his, just trying to navigate his way through um, being one of those strike centres. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was the best player on the field yesterday, both Ian Reynolds. But mm. um, in saying that... Um, you know, they're, they're playing like they're a top four side. And, and you do that when you get your, when you have a lot of your players away and you've got to rely on your depth. If your depth has the ability to beat a dragon side minus Ben Hunt by 32 points to 18, you're going okay. You're going really well. So I think what they're proving to everyone now is that when some of the players step away, they've got some, you know, really reliable soldiers to be able to fit, fit in. So um, oh, I think they're primed nicely to, to push for a top four spot. Push for a top four spot. Scott Sattler, our Monday expert on the Monday means test. Uh, let's head out to the peninsula at Redcliffe. And Blake is on the line. G'day, Blake. Hi. Hello, mate. How? Hang on. Blake, how old are you? Um, I'm 11. You're 11. Outstanding. Quick question. Shouldn't you be at school? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You've got, have you got a question for Sats, have you? Yeah. Um. I don't like the six again rule. You don't like the six again rule. Think about that. What are they? 
What do, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Sats? Yeah, I, I don't mind the six again rule in the middle part of the field because what it, what it does do, Blake, I think there's some players like myself when I played, when I used to love playing 80 minutes and it allowed me to, at the back end of games, it allowed me to use my fitness over the top of some of the really big guys. And so it brought some of those guys back into the game. But I don't know what I don't know about what you think, but some, one of our listeners brought up a really good point during the week. He said five minutes before half time and five minutes before full time, so thirty fifth minute and the seventy fifth minute, mm. a buzzer goes off, and that tells the referee that in the next five minute period, no six agains, only penalties or sin bins. Oh, okay. Good no, idea. That's, that's that. Hey, Blake thinks it's a good idea. Blake, thank you. Thank you, Dad, as well, who I'm tipping that was in the background as uh, for you out there at Redcliffe. Blake, a $100 voucher from Body Science for you and your dad to get stuck into that. It's all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, healthy, uh, happy and healthy Aussies for 23 years. Uh, Sats, I'm looking at the clock. We are pressing up to the 10 o'clock news very shortly. What are we now? Six and a half away from 10. Um, I do want to grab you one final one before we hit the 10 o'clock news. And if you can hang on after that, because there's a lot to delve into. Tarek Sims, should he have been sent off? Uh, 10 years ago, no. In the current day, I think it's fair to say that direct contact with the head, and you always got to ask the question, did he have, have another option? Yeah, I thought he had another option. So I'm saying in this day. Now on 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, it is 14 and a half degrees here on a Monday morning. Back to school Monday, July 11. Scott Statler and the Monday Means Test standing by. Phone calls as well, uh, 13, 13, 55. Uh, very quick one. Nick Kyrgios, where does he stand with you now? Give me Nick Kyrgios in a word what he means to you. For me, it's confusing. I don't know whether to love him or to hate him. Will I be watching him again? Of course I will. But what about you after last night? Nick Kyrgios. Sum him up in a word. He was asked after that loss to Novak Djokovic, is he still hungry for more? I was going to say, your first Grand Slam final here at Wimbledon, has it made you hungry for more? Absolutely not. I'm so tired, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, myself, my team, I think we're all exhausted. You know, we played so much tennis. Um, But (laughs) I definitely uh, need a well-earned vacation after this one. Um, So I'm just really happy with this result. It's probably the best of my career, and hopefully... Maybe one day um, I'll be here again, but I don't know about that. But um, yeah. What about that? The Wimbledon crowd, they were lapping him up. Nick Kyrgios, Sats, Nick Kyrgios, has anything changed for you after last night? One word, gunslinger. <laughs> in a good or a bad way? Good, in, a, uh, in a good way and sometimes a, a disappointing way. But in saying that, I'm a Nick Kyrgios fan. Um, I was listening to one of our colleagues at SEN, James Magnuson, the, the missile described, and I thought he described him perfectly. And I, I started taking him in a different view now that if I continue going into Nick Kyrgios, watching him and expecting him to win, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. But if I look at him as an entertainer, I'm not going to be so upset if he doesn't win the games. If he continues to go through in these these big tournaments and get to the finals and win some of them and and still be interesting the way that, the way that we see him, He's an entertainer. To me, he makes tennis interesting again. 
yeah, without your Agassiz and your John McEnroe's and your Pete Sampresses and co, I'm I'm enjoying I enjoy watching him play. He makes me stay up at midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock to to watch an Aussie. Exactly, and I think most of us did this morning, even though we had to be up at five to be in here. Uh, 13.13.55, do you agree with Sats? It's where we find Sean, who's on the line. Now, we were talking Tarek Sims. Should he have been sent off after two sin binnings yesterday? Uh, Sean, good morning to you. Morning, how are you? Good, what do you reckon? Should he have been sent? I reckon he should have been sent. I have a theory that, you know, if you get sent off, like, you know, the sim bins for foul play, like it's a decided option, you know, to hit a bloke late or, you know, it's a professional foul. Like, I think you get one, fair enough. Yep, you might have missed up, whatever. It's still you chose to do it. If you're getting sent off for a sec, like a sim bin for a second time, mm. you've had your chance, you sent. Like, even if, know, it's, even if like it's for a different, different, even if it's for a different offence. Yeah, even if it's for something different, because at the end of the day, you know, it's not easy to get sent to the bin. Like, you know, they don't just hand about, like, penalties or six again. So if you've done something, they'd be sent to the bin twice. Why aren't you sent off? Like, yeah, I, I think know? he should have been sent off yesterday. Um, as you and I were talking about, Benny, I think 10 years ago, probably not. But, um, you know, the world has changed when it comes to rugby league and adjudicating the rules. And I always look at if you're going to send a player off, did the player have another option? I think it's as simple as that. Did he have another option? I thought Tarek Sims had another option yesterday. Direct contact with the head, with the shoulder. Lucky Reese Kennedy not only wasn't knocked out, but he didn't break his jaw as well. So as much as I love Tarek Sims, um, I feel as though that he's really lucky that he only got 10 minutes. I think that I think that he'll serve some time on the sideline anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, but outside of that, um, yeah, if he got Sinbin twice yesterday, I don't think I don't think because he got Sinbin twice, he should be sent off. I think he gets sent off for that for that one indiscretion. For that one indiscretion. Sean, thank you. Thanks for your call this morning. A one hundred dollar body science voucher coming your way, all thanks to Body Science, fueling fit, happy, and healthy Aussies for the last twenty three years. So that's in some breaking news. You said one to two weeks on the sidelines. Well, the charges have just dropped from yesterday's game, and there's only. Two charges out of it with one name, Tarek Sims. He is getting a $1,000 fine for an early plea for the dangerous contacts in the third minute on Adam Reynolds. But when he hit Reese Kennedy, the one he got binned for the second time in one half, mind you, the 25th minute, an early plea, one match. If he goes, wow. to, if he goes to the judiciary uh, and fights it and loses, two matches. So there we go, one match. Oh, does the punishment fit the crime there? You're no, I don't, I don't think it does. And I'm usually one of the biggest supporters of, of players um, and looking at ways that we can keep them on the field. But, yeah, like I said, I thought Tarek, in his defence, I thought Tarek had another option there yesterday. And funnily enough, I thought the Dragons played better with 12 players yesterday. They are a lot more desperate. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think he counted his lucky stars there, Tarek. One match for Tarek Sims in uh, news that have just uh, dropped here on SENQ. 6.93 Scott Sattler, uh, I guess this morning running the rule over the Monday means test. Hey, Sats, while we're just on judiciary, I was going to ask you this mm. end, but may as well bring it up now. Brandon Smith calling the ref the C word, the cheat. What do you reckon yep. they should get? Lucky you said that word, that C <laughs> word. Um, yeah, yeah, not, not a great look. Not a great look. Um, I think Adam G handled it absolutely beautifully as a, as a, as a referee, he didn't want to repeat it because he wanted to make sure that he was correct and that he was aiming it towards the, 
the uh, the referee. I thought to stop it on the run while in possession and sin bin him straight away. I do like that that Brendan Smith went and sought out Adam G after the game and apologised for his actions. Um, he's not trying to hide from the fact that he was saying it to one of the Cronulla players. Um, now, should he receive three to four weeks? No, I think that's a little bit harsh because um, because I think the, the publicity alone is humiliating for Brandon Smith. I think us here talking about it is humiliating enough for Melbourne Storm's club and Brandon Smith. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a big enough deterrent if you give him maybe a week or two suspension and a fine and also the publicity that comes with it. And I think that's a big enough deterrent to players who know not to do it anyway. Of course, the most well, they're talking four. They're talking four. So you think two suffice? I think two weeks and a fine. And um, I think a public apology as well to fans and kids out there. Um, and I think that should be enough. Um, you know, I think all the way back in 2000 when – when Gordy was sent off by Bill Harrigan, I mean, that was that image enough was enough to turn any player from that humiliating circumstance of of basically being observed as a, a bit of a rat in the game to to be able to you know to stoop to that length to be able to call an official a, a cheat. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. Brendan Smith. How long should he get? And are you happy with Tarek Sims getting one match? Oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Sats. We just mentioned about the Broncos and how this is going to give them confidence setting up after Origin and that run home. Where does it leave them pushing for the top four? What about the signing during the week of Reese Walsh? You and I last week spoke about Cameron Munster. I said for Brisbane to win a premiership, they need to sign Cameron Munster. And if not Munster, who is Reese Walsh? That who? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Now, what it does do, it puts a lot of players on notice as well. And they start thinking, where do I fit into this puzzle? I thought Tessie knew was one of the best players on the field yesterday as yeah. well, along with Reynolds and Katoni Staggs. Where does he fit into the equation? I mean, does he ask for a release? Do the Dolphins try and get him now so he stays in the same city? But I'm just starting to write down a a backline now of what a backline may look like mm. next year. And you've got Walsh at fullback. You've got Oates on the wing, Cobo on the wing. You've got Farnworth as one centre. You've got Staggs as another centre. And let's just say Farnworth in 2024 goes to the Dolphins. You move Cobo into the centres along with Staggs. And then you've got Reynolds at, you've got Reynolds at seven and Ezra Mann at six. That's a pretty exciting backline. That's a, that's a top four back line every day of the week. Where does Tamari Martin fit into it all? Well, Tamari Martin may be one of those players. And that's a great feel, good feel story, isn't it? Tamari Martin, his greatest accomplishment is not to play finals. It was just to get back on the rugby league field. Yeah, so what he does now, Tamari Martin, he has sold himself to another club in a key position and get the money that he's missed out on for the last three years of where he's been off the field. So the Broncos have served him a great purpose that, They'd love to keep him for depth, but Tamari Martin's best interest would be to go to a club that is willing to pay him what he's worth in a really key position, whether it's fullback or five-eighth. If they have to find some money, if if Reese Walsh, and we don't know the money he's on, but if they do need to find some money in the salary cap, I mean, they're already pointing out Payne Haas, and can they keep him? They can't afford not to keep him. No, if they're going to win a premiership, they need Payne Haas there. I think... By the time he retires, I've said this on numerous occasions, I think we're talking about him in the same way that we talk about Steve Roach, Glenn Lazarus. Mm. I think that's how influential he's going to be uh, in his career. So they need him to stay. 
if the reports are right that Reese Walsh is $400,000 a year, I, I don't know how the NRL would allow that because every player has got a minimum cap yeah. of what they would be on the open market. I, I couldn't see Reese Walsh being there for $400,000 a year. And Sats, I, I thought that initially, but then you actually stop and think, well, what what's he done? He hasn't done it yet. Yes, he was picked for origin, but didn't play. So he, he still has to earn his stripes as, as far as I'm concerned. They bought him and paid him on potential. And that's kind of it. Well, if you, if you pay him on potential, you're probably paying him more. <laughs> yeah. And then in two or three years' time, you might have him on a certain figure and he's actually worth more on the open market. So I'm thinking maybe his first year is X amount, but year two and three, maybe Y amount where it's, it's back-ended. So, um, but it's a, it's a great pickup for the Brisbane Broncos and it's a huge, it's a huge, um, I suppose it's a, it's, it's not a great sign for the dolphins that they miss out on another one. Mm. Um, and that he was only given permission to talk to the Brisbane Broncos, which happened to Scott Prince actually back in the West Tigers in 2006, he was given permission to talk to the three Queensland clubs. All right. Final one for you on this, as far as contracts are concerned. If Walsh is now in with the Broncos, which he will be, does that mean they don't and can't find room for Munster under their cap? So does that leave the door open no. for the Dolphins? I don't think I don't think yep. they need Munster, to be honest. I, I think if they've got Walsh and they've got Reynolds for the next couple of years and they've got Ezra Mam there as well, I think I think they'll look at I think they'll look at trying to bring a number seven in. Uh, at the right price uh, when Reynolds in the in his third year may not play a lot of rugby league. So, no, I, I don't think they're probably – I don't think they can probably fit Munster. All right, is Reese Walsh the missing piece to the Premiership puzzle for the Brisbane Broncos? 13-13-55. Uh, you can drop me a text, 0467-736-736. Stick it in your phone. It's the best way to do it. And contacts and bang, fire away. Uh, now, Sats, in about 15 minutes' time, I'll be catching up. Well, you mentioned about great stories with Tamari Martin. Well, one of the great stories that evolved in 2006 as far as oh, rugby league is concerned, but definitely the Maroons, is when the headline we woke up to was Adam Who. Adam Mogg will be catching up with him because without his three tries in State of Origin that series, a dynasty may never have been born. So Adam Mogg uh, coming up in about 15 minutes. But what about you tomorrow? You've got your Origin Legends uh, untold stories on SENQ. Who are you speaking to tomorrow? Yeah, last five weeks we've spoken to players who've only played, like your Adam Moggs, they've only played two, three, four Origins and, and always not in the headlines like your Lockyers and your Webkeys yeah. and your Talises. So... Tomorrow, talking to Johnny Buttergig, of course, oh, he was one of how good he was one of twelve debutants yeah. in two thousand and one. That entire series, Queensland were beaten three 0 in two thousand, absolutely demoralised and humiliated. Wayne Bennett comes back in ten debutants in game one. He was one of those along mm. with Johnny Doyle, Johnny from Doyle, the yeah. Cowboys, and it was a it was a series that, that breathed life back into Origin fans. Johnny Buttigieg, cannot wait to hear that one. Sats, thank you very much, mate. The Monday means test, Scott Sattler, part of the family here on SENQ Sports Day with him in Badge uh, later on this afternoon. Uh, Queensland's new home of sport, 13 13 55 are the digits you need or 0467 736 736. It's 17 and a half past 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. 
call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, it's coming up to 23 minutes past 10. It's starting to warm up too. We've just crept past 15 degrees. Hallelujah. But the rain and the wind are coming. Looking at the forecast for Origin 3, the decider. A little bit of rain and a fair bit of wind at Suncorp. Are you going? More importantly, were you at Suncorp on Saturday night? One of the 46,500 that watched the Wallabies and England go at it. Why has the game they play in heaven gone to hell? What is going on with rugby? Were you happy with what you saw on Saturday night? And if you weren't there and you're watching on TV, if you're watching on stand, that's right. If you've paid for it, were you happy with what you saw? Did you get your money's worth? Did you understand what was going on? The rules, they're so convoluted. They are so hard to understand. And the game is too slow. You, you think I'm the only one thinking about this? Well, no. This is from the grassroots. This is all the way to the elite. Eddie Jones, the winning coach on Saturday night, England's coach, had this to say. Well, I think the game's gone out of control. I think the game's out of control. Um, yeah, we saw the New Zealand Island test. You know, at one stage, the commentators couldn't count how many players were on the field. Seriously. And they had three backs packing a scrum. Like, we've got, we've got it, we've, we've gone the full hog. Um, where everything's a yellow card, everything's a red card, and there needs to be some common sense come back into the game. Because if, if you're following a team or you're supporting a team or you're watching a game of rugby and, it, and the numbers are changing all the time, you know, we're supposed to have a 15... If we want to play 14 aside, let's just... Like, I asked the referee today how many yellow and red cards he had in his pocket. So I picked up his pocket and had a look how many he had. He had plenty. Uh, but he didn't use so many of them today. We used enough of them. Yeah, I think we've gone gone too far. Yeah, he did use enough indeed. Now, that was the winning coach from Saturday night, Eddie Giants. Is the worst rule in world sport rugby's deliberate knock-on rule? I think it is. Tell me I'm wrong. And actually, put your thinking caps on. If you can, If you can find me a rule in any sport in the world that is worse than that, I'd love to hear from you. 13, 13, 55. A prize, too, for the best one. Thanks to Body Science, 0467 736 736. Why has the game played in heaven gone to hell? And I know there's plenty of you who are passionate about this. 46,500 at Suncorp on Saturday night. I was actually surprised at the size of that crowd. We've lost connection to rugby, I think. It wasn't that long ago that Eels, Horn, Kefu, Flatley, Gregan, they were all household names. But who are the names of this era? Yeah, we know Quade Cooper. Yes, we know James O'Connor. But these are guys knocking on the door of 30. The next one's coming through. Taniella Tupo. How good is the Tongan Thor? But after that, it gets a bit skinny, doesn't it? 13-13-55, it is 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. Uh, coming up in about five minutes' time, cannot wait for this. We're starting a new segment here on Wings with me, Ben Davis. Where are they now? This is the last tackle for Queensland now. Thurston goes to the boot. He chips it over the top. Oh, and Adam Mogg on the far side of the ground. He's going to have a look at it, Stephen Clark. It's a try. I think it's going to... Yes, it is. There's the green light. 
Queensland 4 nothing. There we go. The opening try of Origin 3, the decider in 2006 down in Melbourne. This was such a pivotal game for Queensland. This was such a pivotal game for State of Origin and for so many careers. And that man there, Adam Mogg, remember when he was picked, the headlines were Adam who? But then after his first game, it was an absolute mogging. I'm sure that's what they screamed because he scored a double on debut. Adam Mogg. On the other side of this here at SENQ for Where Are They Now? 13 13 55 0467 736 736 are the digits you need. Uh, yesterday, Suncorp Stadium, if you were part of the 30,000 there. Actually, what about that as far as crowds? 30,300. Uh, sorry, 29,300 at Suncorp Stadium. And an hour earlier across town at the Gabba, 29,100. So there was under 200 people difference. Broncos and Lions, they are both drawing crowds and doing well. I thought that was very interesting to point out over the 100,000 people that went to a sporting stadium in southeast Queensland over that 24-hour period. You could hardly split the Broncos and Lions. Who would have thought in 2022? But yesterday at Suncorp Stadium, yes, it was a win over Dragons, and they were celebrating the 30th anniversary, 30 years since that first premiership in 1992, when that number one hit hit the airwaves. Hey, hey we're the Broncos, and we're not horsing around. Hey, hey, we're too busy training. Hey, hey, trying to lift the Winfield crown. Hey, hey, we're the Broncos. Kevy, Elf and Garrett. <laughs> Gilly, who's part of that premiership team, in after 11 o'clock, will be putting that to the test to see if he can recall, hey, hey, we are the Broncos. <laughs> How good. What? Where did that get on the charts? And, and, and have there been better songs sung by players? Do you remember them? 13, 13, 55. In any code, too. 0467 736 29 minutes past 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13, 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, half past 10. The Marines have just hit the paddock down at Sanctuary Cove. A vital training session for them because obviously some new faces coming into the squad and we'll get a look to see where Tommy Dearden is training as well. Top of 21 today here in the southeast. Right now it's nudging 16 degrees. So a bit to go as we climb into lunchtime. Now Sam from Turinga says, worst rule in world sport. What about lifting the back foot results in a foul for throwing in soccer? What about that one, Sam? Yeah, not a bad idea. It is it worse though than rugby's knock-on intentional, deliberate knock-on rule? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Look, a new segment we are starting here on SENQ mornings. Where are they now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, who can it be? And the perfect person to kick us off, indeed, is Adam Mogg. Adam who? Well, that's exactly what the headline screamed when he was picked for the Maroons in 2006 when Greg Inglis did his hammy. Lucky up, fires it, rifles it, out to Thurston. Thurston away, it's Captain Smith, it's gone to Mogg, Mogg's got number two! Adam Mogg has scored! That's his second try! Adam Mogg has scored! Try 
Try number two on debut. How good is that? From Adam Who to an absolute mogging was the headlines. Two tries on debut at Suncorp Stadium. Then another in the decider at Melbourne. Look, without those three tries in two games, the Maroon dynasty wouldn't have happened. Big statement, I know. So... Where is he now? The perfect man to talk to ahead of an origin decider. He is Fog number 160, Adam Mogg. Moggy, good morning to you. Hey, mate. How are you going? Very well. Now, we find you at work. Where is work these days? Uh, property development on, on the Sunshine Coast. Um, something I've always had an interest in as a while I was playing. And, um, yeah, so... I resigned from coaching the Dolphins in October last year. And for six years, my wife and I were very busy with coaching and running a large health club and also doing a little bit of property. And, and uh, we decided to go all in on, on, you know, property development last year and all started this year officially. So yeah, mate. So yeah, that's what keeps me busy these days. All right. Well, let's give the business a plug. If anyone's keen to get into property investment, what's the name of it? Oh, property portfolio services. Look, I, I set that up um, uh, seven or eight years ago now, and um, but this year's the the focus has been on property development. So, you know, I've always loved property, and um, yeah, the the fact of you get to create something and finish something that's what excites me. So, yeah, it's it's going well, mate, and uh, I help out some national tenants as well uh, throughout East Queensland. Outstanding. Now, you just mentioned before that, though, for the last six years, you've been Dolphins head coach in the Q Cup, um, and you had a bit of success there, a fair bit of success. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm proud of what, what um, you know, to have that opportunity and, and, and to be able to do that. And uh, obviously, I, I played there as well as a, mm. as a player for five years, and to be able to go there and, and be their head coach for six years is something that I'm, I'm proud of. And, you know, we're we were one drop ball away in Papua New Guinea in a, in a, in a major semi to, to be in three straight grand finals. And it wasn't, wasn't meant to be that year, but we we managed to jag one grand final and lose another in, in that period. And obviously it was also disrupted with the COVID as well. So um, yeah, but uh, very, very proud and honored to be able to do that, mate. All right, Adam, let's go back to 2006. Greg Inglis does his hammy and at age 28, you get a tap on the shoulder to pull on the maroon jersey. Yeah, it's a, a dream, mate. And even just hearing you say that, I'm, you know, I feel very lucky and honoured. And um, you know, I sit in my office at home, and I've got the, I've got the um, eight straight jerseys sitting on the wall with Mal Meninga's signature on it, and all, all the great players that played in that sort of eight straight series. So to sit here every day and look at it, I sort of pinch myself. That tell me your you signatures know, on it. Uh, sorry. Tell me your signatures on that as well. Yeah, it is. It's it's um, something that I think Darren Lockyer had a big part in organising um, for charity, and so every every player that played in the in the straight eight series is is signed a card, and it's quite a quite a unique piece, um, which I'll uh, happily never give away. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so Lockyer, I think Lockyer organised it, and um, yeah, it's great. So that sits on my wall. With you know, with I'm um, very proud of it, mate. Well, so. similar circumstances in a roundabout way. I mean, you at least knew you were playing before the game. Uh, Tom Dearden is about to come in and make his debut in an Origin decider at Suncorp Stadium. But back in 2006, you made your debut at Suncorp Stadium. What happens? Did you get a phone call from from Mel Meninga? And again, what about that? You're a Cam- Canberra centre. 
and you're about to walk into a camp where Mal Meninga is the coach. Yeah, what what a how um how lucky I was, mate. Like uh, I was a big fan of Mal Meninga as, as a player, and um I I pretty well followed the Raiders um, as a, as a kid as well. So I was lucky enough to play for the Raiders for five seasons, and um and then obviously getting called up into Queensland. Mal was his first in his first year of coaching the Maroons. So. For me, I was very honoured, you know. I, I looked up to the big fella and, um, you know, I thought he, he did uh, a fantastic job and he obviously went on, you know, I think he won a nine out of ten, you know, um, series. So his record's pretty uh, pretty strong. So to have him coach me in, in the origin was, a yeah, it was a dream come true. And and then to do it at Suncorp, like you said, um, a debut at Suncorp, it, it really is a dream for, for, for a Queensland kid to do that. Um, I was born on the... Downs in Toowoomba and um, and played a lot of my junior footy on the sunny coast. So, you know, very southeast Queensland. But for any Queensland kid to make his debut, um, I'm really excited for Tom Dearden this week. I, I think I think he'll he knows the ground well, having played for the Broncos there and played you know played several games there for the Broncos. And um, but I think he, I think he'll he'll love it and I think he'll play really well and he's in good form, which is um, you know which is why Billy's picked him. Yeah, every once in a while, sporting fairy tales come along. We hope there is one for Tom Dearden on Wednesday night. We are speaking to another one right now. Adam Mogg on Where Are They Now? Moggy, you, you've been picked for Queensland. That in itself is exciting. What about walking into camp? What about your first day in there? What was that like? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, you walk in and you see all these great players and obviously you're playing against them um, and um, – you know, just to walk in and then finally, I got a lot of confidence out of training with them. Um, you know, you, you know, we, you know, Petro Sivnaseva and Steve Price and Brent Tate and Justin Hodges and Darren Lockyer and Jonathan Thurston and Cameron Smith. I got a lot of confidence from training with them. And um, and the good thing about, you know, those those teams is you just got to really focus on doing your job as you can do. And that was my focus um, every time we trained and every time we, well, I played for Queensland because I knew we had such good players around us. Who who sort of took you under their wing or who was the first person to say something to welcome you? Because I, I can imagine it would be quite daunting. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I can't quite can't quite re- remember who the first person, but the guy that I, I was really um, pleased he was helping me out was actually Benny Eichen. Um He was looking after the media and because I – because I come from no, like nowhere from Canberra and, um, you know, the media was giving me an absolute hiding. I just felt like Benny Eichen did a great job and he looked after me and he sort of knew where to, where to sort of hide me and, and where to sort of position me. And um, that's one thing that I remember and I don't know why, but I just do. And um, probably the other one is Billy Johnson as well. Like I remember um, that series, if, if, um, if you remember back, Queensland had lost three in a row three series in a row and we'd lost game one. And I remember getting into camp and we trained really hard, um, obviously not for long periods, but we, we still trained pretty intense in the gym. And, and then we're on the field when we trained on the field was pretty, pretty sort of intense as well. So I, I knew we were going to play well at Suncorp um, just because we, we had a really good week's training and the intensity of training was really good. And, and before you could run out, you could just feel the intensity in the change room. And, um, yeah, and uh, lucky lucky for Queensland that, that everyone played really well that night. 
I mentioned the headline, Adam, who, and I say it with an endearing um, style because it, it turns out to be one of the great fairy tales. But you said the media were giving it to you. And, look, I was I, I was part of that media pack. I don't remember giving it to you as such, but what, what, did, you, <laughs> what did you feel or what were you, what were you receiving? Oh, look, I wasn't getting too, too much of it, um, to be honest. But I remember one story. I think it was Steve Ricketts who, who – I think um, we had uh, a training session at Langlands Park at East. And That's right. Yeah. We did an upper body session, and um, you know I was training with Lockyer, and and I come out of there, and my arms were, you know, we'd, we'd trained pretty hard in the gym, and um, I said to Lockyer, "Do you want to go out on the field and just put up a few bombs?" Because I, I hadn't played many games on the wing at all in my life, probably five or six games at best for for Canberra. And Lockie's putting up these massive torpedo bombs, and they're swinging like about ten meters as they, as they, you know. And I, I dropped, I dropped probably four out of five of them. And uh, Steve Ricketts wrote in the article the next day, I think we're in trouble or something because I was at training and he couldn't catch a bomb at all. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, you're meant to be supporting us, not not sticking the knives in. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it, um, I managed to catch a few anyway. I can't even imagine walking after a Billy Johnson training session, let alone trying to catch bombs. Don't worry about that. What about that first game? Did Actually, I'm trying to remember. Was the bus still allowed down Caxton Street then? No, no. Oh. We went along the river, um, yeah. but, you know, we had police escort and helicopter above us. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense, mate. It was pretty intense. Who and, talks uh, on the bus? Is, any, is there any talking? What's that like? I, I actually sat, to, sat next to Neil Henry on the bus and um, – and uh, it, it was very intense um, situation because, you know, we're, we're going into Suncorp. We're down three years in a row. We've lost game one. Lockie, Pedro and Steve Price have all been told, if you don't get the job done, she's off to La Vista, your origin career is over. So it was pretty intense. Um, obviously, I was on debut, you know, so that sort of added to the mix for everyone, you know, the nerves. So, um, but... Mate, as soon as you get into the run out at Suncorp and you run out in front of that crowd, it's 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 game on. You you're ready to run through brick walls. You really are. We got through that. You scored a double on debut. It went from Adam Who to an absolute mogging or mogging on Caxton Street. I think the headlines read. But that pressure you spoke about the the fact that that Pricey Petro and Lockyer were all all told that if you don't win this series, you are gone. Like that's end of career as far as Origins is concerned. That pressure was still there in game three. You still had to pull the socks on and perform then. Yeah, yeah. And again, a great preparation in Melbourne and we trained really hard and, um, you know, um, I, I, I look back on it now and realise how lucky I am in a sense that, the way we won that game, um, you know, Lockie picks that ball up, you know, Brett Hodgson throws that ball to no one. It's probably the worst pass Hodjo's ever thrown in his life. And who else would you want to score the try, you know, than Darren Lockyer? Like, it's it's like a Wally Lewis, Darren Lockyer sort of fairy tale, isn't it? So Lockie picks it up and scores and you know, we hold on to win the series in Melbourne. So... Um, yeah, just very, very fond memories for me and very I'm so lucky and blessed to be part of it and play a small part. And, you know, this time every year is great for me to watch Queensland play because I get to have these stories and, and um, you know, uh, hopefully my kids one day um, get to read about it. A small part. I think it was a big part. Don't worry about that. Three tries in two games. Adam, very quickly, this Wednesday night, there's a, 
lot of resemblance about it to me to 06 where troops are down. There were a lot of guns missing in 06 from that team. And now we've just lost Munster and we've lost uh, Murray Tolungi. And, and we know that the, there are players unavailable. This is resembling a bit of 06. How do you see it playing out this Wednesday? Um, yeah, look, it's it sort of it feels that way, um, but I, I don't think you're going to pull the wool over Brad Fittler's eyes and, and the Blues. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I think I think for Queensland to win, yeah, um, I think they've got to lock the game down and and keep the scoreline quite low. Um, you know, because if there's big points in the game, I don't think we'll. I think New South Wales will be too strong. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Queensland really lock the game down and make it a dirty, grubby match in, in a sense of the scoreline, not in sense of what's going on on the field. So I think that's our best chance to get to get the win, and um, I'm quietly confident we can. And I, I'm pretty excited to see young Tom Deard, and he's um, he's a Queensland Cup player. He's played in Queensland Cup, and he had a bit of a rough start to his NRL career, but this year he's he's been playing really well. So it'd be great to see him go well. And I think, like you, he's uh, originally from Toowoomba. I know he grew up in Mackay, but I'm pretty sure he was born in Toowoomba too. Adam, an absolute pleasure to be catching up with you today, all these years later, part of an integral part of that dynasty. Adam Mogg, thanks for joining us this morning on 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for bringing up some fond memories and happy to share them. Go the Maroons. There we go. Adam Mogg, where are they now? We'll be doing that every Monday morning. Around this time, we are coming up now to 14 away from 11. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, eight and, away, uh, eight and away from 11. After 11, we'll be heading inside the Lions' den, catching up uh, with the heart and soul of their team, Ryan Lester, after yesterday's brave but gallant loss to, to the Bombers. Time for a sport update. Alyssa Smith, good morning again. Good morning to you. Well, state of origin, both teams are out on the training track ahead of the decider on Wednesday night. Mm. Plenty of changes for both sides. Uh, the Maroon side hit by COVID and injuries in the Blues camp. But the NRL Judiciary Report has just dropped uh, a short time ago this morning. Tarek Sims, he's been hit twice. Now, we know it was Adam Reynolds' birthday yesterday and he was getting a lot of attention, <laughs> but for the wrong reason yes, from Tarek Sims. Uh, he's been charged with a dangerous contact in that third minute. He's been charged a thousand, or fined $1,000, I should say. And he's copped a one-match ban for that uh, hit on Reese Kennedy. Yeah, only one. I thought it might have been mm. a bit more than that. Shoulder straight to the head and not sent off as well. What do you think? 13-13-55. And also, yeah, if he does challenge that and he loses, it mm. could be too much ban as well. Uh, let's talk some cricket because Sri Lanka lead Australia by 67 runs and four wickets. Dinesh Chandamal is uh, at the crease. Back at, He will go back to the crease, I should say, at 118 not out. And Ramesh Mendes at seven. Uh, best of the bowlers, Mitchell Stark, two for 47. So he's going all right at the moment. Yeah, uphill but, battle that we face, so it's, it's not turning. Tough. Yeah, maybe we need to throw Travis Head the ball. Actually, no, we've got to find someone random. Maybe give Alex Carey a bowl. He hasn't had the best of uh, days behind the stumps. So maybe get him in front of the stumps because it was Travis Head in the first test, but uh, doing it a lot, uh, a lot tougher this time around. The Aussies, they're back on uh, on the park at about half past two this afternoon. I'm going to get an update from Camp Maroon before midday. Trevor Gilmeister, the axe, 
is on the other side of the news and we'll head inside the lines then. Ryan Lester here on SENQ. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Rutgerway scores for the Saints. 28 points to 8 now. 79th minute. A taken try there for Scott Goulet, but it's a nice way for them to finish. Less than that remaining. This will be the last of the grand final. Heron fails to convert, and the Broncos, they can celebrate. They've won the Winfield Cup for the first time. They've only been in it for five years. A champion side, nobody can deny that. Champion side indeed. That was 30 years ago, 1992. After the break, one of the members of that team, Trevor Gilmeister, will be along for the ride. He was at Suncorp Stadium yesterday as well, uh, reuniting with some of his former teammates. We'll get those stories, plus his thoughts on origin. And straight after the news, we'll dive into the Lions' den after yesterday's loss to the Bombers here on SENQ. It's 11 o'clock. On 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company. Four minutes past 11. You imagine the stories that were being told at Suncorp Stadium yesterday. The 30-year reunion of that 1992 grand final win. Trevor Gilmeister, he was part of it. Those stories very, very shortly here on 693 SENQ. A couple of fortresses crumbled over the weekend. Suncorp Stadium, we saw the Wallabies' first loss there in six years. Ten straight they had won before coming up to England and... Across town at the Gabba, the Lions, their first loss of the year there, their second in the home and away season for 35 games. The Fortress Gabba, it came crumbling down. But in saying that, there were reasons behind it. The Lion Cubs, they were very, very brave yesterday. Nine changes. That's almost half a team. More than 880 games experience missing, and they were in it until the final minute. They were brave. But they were beaten. They went down 13-12-90 to 15-10-100 to the Bombers. Uh, one of their best and one of the most experienced was without there, and he's on the line now. Ryan Lester, good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. What's the mood like inside the den this morning? Uh, yeah, post-game, um, Fags was very much proud of the effort we gave, as you said. Um, you know, some really unique circumstances in that we lost half the team, which, um, you know, whilst we felt we brought in some good players and there were some experienced guys like myself and Mitch Robert before, um, ultimately making that many changes, you know, made things really tough. So, um, yeah, look, we're really disappointed with the result, um, but ultimately probably proud of performance we put in. What's been the biggest takeaway then leading into this weekend against the Giants? Um, biggest takeaway. Oh, look, I think defensively we were still probably not where we want to be. Um, 
you know, they kicked maybe just around 100 points, maybe just over. Um, and, you know, if we're looking to be right right there or thereabouts at the pointy end of the season, um, we can't be conceding that much defensively. So, um, as I said, they sort of spoke out proud, proud of the way we performed. Um, and this was going to be there every week, ladies and gentlemen. We feel like we haven't played our best three just yet. Now, Ryan, I, I believe you are inside the Gabba and deep down in the bowels, so I'll let you keep walking to wherever you're walking to, but we were just losing that signal there. Ryan Lester, our guest this morning on SENQ. No, that's okay, mate. That's all right. I know I know, I know. know it's hard to get a, a signal from down there, so let's just see if we've got you back on the line there now. There we go. Can you take us, can you take us through the week? Yeah, I mean, you had players dropping like flies. Yeah, so obviously post-game, um, we had a couple of injuries um, come out. And then, uh, I can't remember who the first COVID case of the week was, but um, it was sort of like, oh, that's a bit unusual. We probably haven't had that for a little bit. Um, and then the next day, I think the next day, went down to Kalachi. Hey, Froggy, wherever you are, spin, ar- um, spin then, around, spin around, because you were you were perfect two seconds ago, and then all of a sudden it went crazy again on the phone. Here we try that. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Benny. No, 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 not your fault. Technology sometimes it fails us. Here we go. Let's try that again. So, you, yeah, and the, I guess the big yeah, thing. Sorry, and then. Yeah, no, I guess the big thing was that it wasn't say nine new faces all at once was it it was it was sort of day by day it's like oh hang on we need to bring someone else in someone else in so i'm tipping the training patterns that were just just kept getting thrown out of whack yeah definitely and then um you know the unknown of who's going to be there on day day even um sort of the day before we came it was like well the way things are going someone else is a chance to pull out so um yeah, highly unusual. Um, we still can't the other side that we felt we could win. Hey, Froggy, what we might do, Ryan Lester, our guest uh, this morning, we might uh, let you get to a different area. I'll just keep talking and uh, and uh, uh, going through the game and some of the highlights and some of the stats while we get you into a clear area because um, we do want to hear what you have to say. The Brisbane Lions are in it until the final moments against the Bombers, but uh, the... Essendon had the better of the day. They had better out of the middle. Some of their clearances were just absolutely fantastic and they were scoring off that. Ryan touched on that their defence wasn't where it needed to be and that's probably the biggest takeaway uh, coming into uh, this weekend's round down in Canberra Saturday afternoon uh, against the Giants. All right, let's try it for the third time, Lucky. Ryan Lester, come in. Yep. Hey, there we Any go. Good? Yeah, oh, mate, perfect. Just don't move. Don't flinch. <laughs> All right. Won't move. No, you're right, mate. You're right. And really appreciate your time because I know it's review day. I know there's a fair bit to get through. Hey, will you be getting many of the players back this week? Uh, yes, we expect to. Um, so uh, Harris uh, got COVID on Friday, so he'll be out. Um, Kitty Coleman will be back. Cal Archie will be back. Dan McStay will be back. Uh, and then Jared Berry obviously hurt himself. Mm. He should be back. Jackson Pryor hurt himself at training. He should be back. Uh, and then a couple of the old boys, Richie and Zorks, um, 
are probably touch and go for this week. So, yeah, you know, look, we we could probably have six or seven changes again. And unfortunately, with the way COVID's going, uh, not just at the Lions, but in Queensland and in Australia, yeah. um, there's probably a chance that there's going to be a couple more forced changes as well. But, you know, we're trying to do everything we can to prevent that. Um, well, I wanted yeah. to ask you that. Have you had a change in protocols, what you do with the club? Um, are you? Is there talk of going back into a bubble? Uh, not, no, not necessarily. Um, and the staff and, you know, the whole club are aware that, you know, the last couple of years we've had to sort of live quite, um, quite quietly. Uh, so it's very much letting players make their own decisions. Um, you know, we've got some rules around um, really crowded places which we feel like just shouldn't be happening, which yeah. um, has been the case all year. But, um, yeah, now apart from that, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago we were, we have been um, doing rapid tests every day that we come into the club and a couple of weeks ago we looked to scale that back just to um, a couple of times a week. Uh, but clearly in the environment now we're back to um, everyday testing. So um, some minor changes, but nothing um, really whole scale just yet. All right, mate. We really appreciate your time. I will let you go because the, the signal down there in the gabber underneath all that concrete is a little dodgy, but really appreciate you taking time out of a Monday morning, which I know is a big one for you. Uh, Ryan Lester, defender at the Lions. He was actually named in the forwards, but ended up playing back yesterday. Ryan Lester, thank you for your time. SENQ 693, it is Queensland's new home of sport. 131355047736736. That's the digits you need. Love to get your take on the lines on the weekend. Were you one of the 29,100 there? There was 29,200 across town at Suncorp Stadium. That was a big test, I reckon, for where the lines are travelling, just in the psyche of Brisbane and Queensland sporting fans, when the Broncos and Lions are on the same time. It is the litmus test for me, about how they're travelling and who turns up. You could not split them. You needed a tally-ho to split them as far as numbers are concerned. Were you part of that crowd? What did you think? It was a brave performance. And it was a, I think it was one of their better performances considering half the team was missing. But I know Chris Fagan won't be buying that. I know that he'll be looking into the defensive patterns. They haven't had the best of runs over the last two months. Their best footy stands up against any other in the competition, but we need to see their best footy. They sit in fourth spot. That hasn't changed, but what has changed is the teams around them. They're on 44 points, but so is the fifth-place team, so is the sixth-place team, and now the Swans are in seventh. They're just one win away. They play the Giants, who they should, should account for. They haven't had much trouble against them in the past, that's down in Canberra this weekend, but it is now go time for the Lions. They have been COVID exempt for a while. They haven't had the dramas that other teams have had, but it's now come down into the Gabba. And I always remember hearing from the Lions during preseason, Chris Fagan said it's the team that will, who will best deal with COVID that will win this title. This is now the Lions' time of reckoning. 13 and a half past 11, SENQ 693, 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Or you can jump us in any way on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at SENQLD, Facebook, SENQLD. You'll see us there. You can also grab a podcast of the show as well. Subscribe to SENQLD wherever you follow your podcast, be it on iTunes, Spotify, 
Uh, you can tweet me just like Donnie's done. Donald, thank you. As far as the worst rule in world sport, he said change the intercept rule. Get rid of the sin bin in rugby. Surely it's got to be the best. I've got to be the worst. That's got to be the best line. <laughs> All right, 14 and a half past 11. Trevor Gilmaster on the other side of this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 19 after 11. Gretel Brut Buter has stamped her authority as one of the world's best netballers. She took home her second Laura Geitz medal over the weekend as Firebirds MVP. It was the 28-year-old shooter as well. She's the first to achieve that double, the Laura Geitz medal. Uh, when the three two ones were added up, she was head and shoulders above everyone else. She's on court. She was offered as well. 242 points she polled. That was ahead of uh, former captain Gabby Simpson on 182. So uh, Gretel, an outstanding season for her. And now she's lining up for Australia at the Commonwealth Games, which starts in about 17 days. And you'll hear it all here on SCNQ. All right, yesterday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium, 30 years since this was a number one hit. Hey, we're the Broncos, and we're not horsing around. Hey, hey. We're too busy training. Hey, hey. Trying to lift the Winfield crown. And they did just that in 1992. A man who was part of that, I don't know if he was part of that song and singing in the recording studio, is in this studio right now, Trevor Gilmaster, the Axe. Good morning to you. Manny, how bad was that? That was dreadful. <laughs> that was Kevy, Carrot and Alf? Yeah, that's it. The yeah. Ipswich connection. Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. yeah. Did they ask you to come in and have a go? No, and I would have said no as well. Right, so. Well, give us a few bars now. No, thanks. You sure? Mate, you won't have any listeners if I start singing, <laughs> I'll tell you. Do you they, get, they get me to sing at Last Drinks, Ben. Yeah, all right. Well, speaking of which, how what time did Last Drinks finish last night? No, I had a... Had a great day. Caught up with. Uh, See how he just dodged that question. No, just no, just no, your but quick no, side great step day. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, we all had a couple of beers yesterday, and uh, I had to go to another function actually. So um, I left the boys uh, to their devices, and we've got a, a group e- uh, text, sorry, um, amongst us, and um, the few of the boys are a bit dusty this morning. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a great day and, and, and topped off by a great Broncos victory. It was. And the old boys, great to see them back in part of the fold because it wasn't always like that in recent times that the, the Broncos old boys and, and the club, but they have come back down now together. And, and yesterday was a fantastic day, 1992, 30 years since that grand final. Um, stories, Gilly? Uh, about the grand final? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, what, I as mean, in the ones that were told yesterday that oh, had a bit of mayo on them, perhaps well, at yeah. Alan Cairns' try. I mean, he scored it from halfway, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, a rabbit stop him. He'll run out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. that was a uh, magnificent call. But when we were saying myself, um, Terry Madison, Alan Cairns, the three back rowers linked up for, for his first try. Yeah. You'll never see that again because the back row was always right and left and you know, in, in the middle of the ruck as well. So um, you'll never see that again. But um, Pearl did Pearl did remind me yesterday. He said, I've got a bone to pick with you. I oh. said, well, what? Well, what? He said, that the half time, he said, you come over to me. And I, and I vaguely remember it. And, um, and he said, I said to him, are you going to have a crack today? <laughs> <laughs> In other words, said, you've done nothing yeah, for 40 yeah. minutes. What and are you I, doing? And I, I said, and 
what happened then? He said, you just turned and walked away. I, I had no right or reply or anything. So I said, I said, you just walked away. I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, it must have worked. You, you finally pulled your finger out in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> Scored one of the all-time great grand final tries. Standing on Ricky Wilman, how good was that? Now, what about the day before the grand final, oh, Trevor? This yes. is, Scott Sattler alluded to this a little bit earlier when he was mentioning this story. But I said, well, let's get it from the horse's mouth. And it, horses were involved. Grand final weekend, uh, you and Lionel Langer on the way to the airport. What happens next? Well, myself and Alf uh, and Terry Madison, actually, the three of us owned some horses with the late, great Bruce McLaughlin. It's a long story, but – and Wayne was stressing to us all week about, you know, if you have a – you eat your steak on the Wednesday night, you've got your, you know, the, the normal routine you do. Keep keep to your routine. If you have a couple of beers, have a couple of beers. And Anyway, and we're leaving. We used to have the burger – um, Saturday morning, but we used to always catch about a three thirty flight. Hmm. Um, and so you train Saturday morning, yeah, sat- captain's Saturday morning. run, yeah, exactly. Yep. And um, we'd leave, and we were sponsored by Ansett those days as well, so we could just turn up five minutes beforehand. And uh, you can't do that now. And um, and Alf said, "I'll pick you up at eleven o'clock. The first race is eleven thirty. I said, "No, no, no, mate, no." I said, "Mate, I'm not going." I said, "We got a grand final on tomorrow." He it said, was Eagle Farm. Eagle Farm, yeah. yeah. And he said, uh, you heard Wayne, stick to your normal routine. So we used to do that all the time. And we'd go for two or three races and then we'd go to the airport. And um, it was on the way, Ben, you know what I mean? So, um, and I read, <laughs> lots of yeah, right, anyway, yeah. so I said, no, I'm not going. I got, got in my car and I gone home. And I knew he'd be coming, so I had my bag packed. And, and here he is, two toot out the front. And I come out and he said, oh, do you be ready? And I said, yeah, <laughs> right, oh, yeah, anyway. Anyway. So we go to the races. I said, oh, I put my bet on. I said, I'll meet you at the front of the grandstand. Um, you know, we'll watch the race. He said, and he didn't come out for the race. You know, and I said, oh, he must have watched it on the TV inside. So so I walked inside in the, into the betting ring. And here's Elf laying down in the betting ring. And I said, I've pooed my pants. You know, I've just gone, holy moly, what's happened here? I'm thinking all things are going through my head. I'm thinking a mad St. George supporter is King hit him or, you know, something like this. And anyway... And and there was a bloke over the top of him, and I was I was about to hit him actually, and <laughs> and he and one of the blokes grabbed me, one of the bookies uh, grabbed me and said, "Gilly, what are you doing?" I said, "Mate, he hit Elf." He said, "No," he said, "He the old steel bookies hook they used to use when it rained used to be like an awning." And, he, and anyway, and they had that up half up, and Elf put the bet on. He said, "Mate, he he put the bet on. He went to race out to see you out the front, and he ran straight into the steel bookie hook." And he hates the sight of blood, Elf. True story. And he yet, mate, you've had bigger shaving cuts, honestly, <laughs> on, your, on, your, on your eyebrow. And he, and he looked at it and he passed out. It's, and he was on the ground. Anyway, and I'm going, holy moly, Wayne's going to kill me. You know, oh, that? I don't know. Why? What do you mean? Your captain and, and leading, yeah. and leading yeah. player has knocked himself out yeah. a yeah. day before a grand final. Yeah, oh, yeah. nothing can go wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so, so we... We, I drove his car to the airport, and parked his car, and got on the we got on the plane. And Wayne Wayne used to like to sit in the middle of the plane, about the aisle row, so he can keep an eye on everyone. You know, so I remember we got into the onto the plane. I got our bags and put them in the in the overhead locker. And yeah. I said, "Get in there, shut up, don't say anything." You know, and he went, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah." I said, "Get some some waters." And anyway, don't tell any of the boys. We know I'll put them off their game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, how, Wayne, how how was he at this point? I know he was coming good now. Then yeah. so, and I said, "Oh, everything all right?" And Wayne Wayne poked his head out and he said, "Oh, Gilly, everything going all right?" And I said, "Yeah, Wayne, everything's going great, mate." <laughs> if only you bloody do. <laughs> anyway, and I closed the locker and anyway, and I 
So all good. Elf's going good. Pumps on. He had a little bit of a sleep on the plane. We got to the uh, Brighton Sands where we used to stay. And we had a big room, big meeting room, having dinner, lunch and, uh, sorry, dinner. And um, a fellow was trying to set up, the tech bloke was set, trying to set up the old DVD those days, you know what I mean? And um, the video. And uh, I've gone, I'm looking, anyway, the, the normal TV's up. Anyway, we're eating dinner. We hear this newsflash, newsflash. Alan Lanker's been knocked out, knocked out at Eagle Farm Racecourse. <laughs> <laughs> and Wayne goes, Gilly, I'd like to have a word. <laughs> I'm going, mate, that was a my fault? He had a shocker. He scored two tries and got the Clive Churchill. And I said to him after the game, I should, I should knock you out every time before. Well, the, the reason yeah. that the reason that even happened, and the reason Wayne Bennett even found out, because you did very well to keep it Channel under wraps. Well, exactly. Patty Patty yeah. Welsh had a, yeah. a camera down at the races on, and the cameraman said, "Oh, there's a, I've got a shot of that um, one of the Broncos, the little blonde oh, fella." The, the blonde <laughs> fella. Yeah. And the camera had no idea. Yeah, yeah. like it was from Tassie, wasn't he, or something? He was, yeah, he was yeah. from out of space because yeah, he, yeah. he had no idea who Alan Langer was the day before a grand final. And and Pack goes, oh, that'll be good. That'll be good to go into the package. He goes, yeah, he knocked himself out. And yeah. it was like, what? Yeah, and yeah. And, again, how that even travelled down to Sydney, well, the halfback knocking himself out the day before oh. the grand final was, uh, yeah. News. So you almost got away with the perfect crime, Gilly. Mate, it was, it was oh, I, I tell you, it's it probably the most nervous I've ever been. <laughs> like, after, like, I never used to get too nervous before a game, but I was nervous after he knocked himself out, I can tell you. I can imagine. They played all right yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, played well. Uh, it was good to the see. The baby Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played, I mean, both teams had a few out, and, mate, the Broncos had more out than St. George. Mm. Um, well, they, they had they had 13 of their top 30 unavailable, be yeah. it through injury or, or through origin. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where your depth is really, really tested. But the best thing is you've got blokes like Adam Reynolds, Ryan James, seasoned players, mm. where, where in previous years they've had no um, senior players on the field, you know, and, and that, mate, it just plays a huge part about um, confidence in, in the young fellas. The, the blokes around them go, oh, oh, we might miss a few. Oh, yeah, Adam Reynolds is here. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, no worries. And, Ryan James, 164 games before yesterday. Yeah. Everyone else in the pack around him. Combined, yeah. 128. Yeah. So it was a very young team. And, and Zach Hosking, you yeah, played Zach, against Dad. Yep. Mill, I yeah. seen him on Saturday mm. and uh, uh, I was having a good yarn with him at training. Yeah, great fella. And uh, he's not the big mill anymore. He's, he used to be a bit big unit. He's uh, lost a lot of weight and uh, looks really good. What did uh, you like of young Zach? I mean, it was his first time in NRL yeah. and he plays 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it, made it, it was fantastic effort, you know. And it goes to show you now that when you when, – when you've got a good club, right, you've got plenty of pressure on from other players coming through. And, and, and I remember Elf saying to us in 92, 93, there was nine or ten of us never missed a game in two years. You know what I mean? So but we, they had reserve grade those days as well. So there was always pressure on. So, And I think that's great. You know, uh, KB Hetherington had a, had a really good game as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I liked, liked the way that they, they, they gelled. You know, it looked like... They played together for for ages, you know. And, exactly. And, and St George were um, a little bit uh, disappointing in a few errors and and turned it over. But the Broncos forced the O's errors. Trevor Gilmeister, my guest this Monday morning. The Maroons are on the paddock down at Sanctuary Cove. How will they shape up? How will they look? Who will be playing in the five eight throw? We'll get Gilly's take on Origin straight after the news headlines. This is mornings with Ben Davis. 
Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 27 away from 12. Hit those numbers now if you have a question for Trevor Gilmeister. The Axe, Queensland's Minister of Defence, Australia's Minister of Defence too. We'll be talking World Cup in just a moment, but Gilly... Queensland backs against the wall. Cameron Munster, he's out. We yep. know that Murray Talalungi is out. Who wears the famous number six jersey for Queensland? Is it Tom Dearden going straight in or would you put Ben Hunt there? Well, uh, I, I, I'd probably go with Tommy Dearden. Mm. Um, he's been playing great for the Cowboys. Uh, and, and I think Benny Hunt's so versatile. Um, if something doesn't work out or someone gets injured, Benny can go into those halves uh, position if needed. Um, but they've worked really well. Um, Benny Hunt and um, Harry Grant, mm. you know, that tag teaming. Uh, tag teaming seemed to uh, go pretty good, especially in that first game. And Ben Hunt moving into lock two. I love having the yeah. idea of having three playmakers on the field yeah. at once, yeah. two halves plus uh, plus Ben Hunt when he comes back. Yeah. Uh, mate, I, I just want to see our, our forwards um, dominate a bit more like they did in the first game. Maybe a bit of complacency come in. I'm not sure, but it's uh, full house at Suncorp Stadium. Like, geez, it's doesn't get any better than that. You know, it's, you know, fair dinkum. It's the hairs on your neck are standing up, you know, waiting for, to, you know, hear that crowd. Sam has texted through. He said, NRL teams should go back into COVID bubbles to make sure the season gets done on schedule. We need to keep players safe. We need to keep the game going. We want footy. Gilly. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Mm. Um, they, you know, a lot of the players weren't real keen on the bubbles, you know what I mean? So after a while, and they, they probably thought it was their last one you know, last year. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine being in a bubble with Elf for six weeks or something. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, no, hang he, on. He, you, you will have to be at the end of this year because yeah. you are part of Mel Meninga's yeah. team now, the Kangaroos. Um, yeah. As I said, Australia's Minister of Defence. And Kangaroo jerseys, how much will Wednesday night's game and this series play into that? Uh, Benny, everyone's been tipped tippy-toeing around all this type of stuff at the moment. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. For mine, you play for Queensland or New South Wales, your first priority is to play for Australia. Or you get picked for Australia, okay? No dramas. If you don't get picked for Australia, you can go to the second-tier nations or you can play for your country of choice. But your number one priority is to play for Australia. Um, you know, and, and, and I... And the players aren't doing the wrong thing because they're the rules at the moment. So... That, for, for mine, the NRL um, should have said the start of this year, you know, you're playing for Australia or, you know, so they set the ground rules early. You play for Queensland or New South Wales, you've got to be picked for Australia. Well, Brian Toto has already yeah. come out and said he wants to, or he's going to play for Samoa. He's pledged his allegiance. Yeah. So this is what the rules say yeah. at, at this point in time. We won't know where Josh Papalihi, where Junior Paulo, Stephen Crichton, Jerome Luai, they're, yeah. they're going to wait till after the series to pledge their allegiance. But... The expectation is that Crichton and Luai are going to be playing um, for Samoa as well. Are, are you saying, Gilly, that unless they pledge their allegiance to Australia, they can't play Origin? Well, possibly, yeah. I mm. mean, like, it's – I know it's – we're opening up in a can of worms and, I, and I've heard ex-players and blokes who are – they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because they're still aligned to the game, right? And I'm aligned to the game as well, but – mate. Their number one priority as a kid for me, honestly, when I was eight, nine year old, I used to watch all the games and, and that I wanted to play for Queensland and I want to play for Australia. I mean, so, and that's, mate, and, and I, that's never changed. Mm. You know what I mean? So 
uh, down the track, it's the. But as I said, I'm not having to go on Brian Toho and those blokes because the rules aren't in place for them to say that. You know what I mean? So if you can't, if you can't play for, you don't get picked for Australia. Go and play for the for your country, your choice. No, no problem at all. Pledge your allegiance to Australia yeah, first, yeah, and then. If you don't get picked, you go, I think that's the smart way to play it. Well, Surely if you're pulling on a maroon or blue jersey, Australia, the Kangaroos, has got to be your number well, one priority because now you, or at least Mal and the yeah. selectors, and I know that you'll be talking to him and he talks to you, yeah. you have to try and work out a team, but who knows who's going to be playing and, and, and sorry, who you can pick from. Yeah. And how embarrassing would it be to pick someone like a Jerome Luai and, and he goes, out. yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to play for... Summer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I know Mel is, uh, he just wants blokes who are passionate to play for Australia. Mm. If you're Amin and Ari, he won't pick you. So, um, and you know, and, and I got I, I, I support him 100% on that as well. Like, as I said, there's, like, especially think like, I was so refreshed and, and, and uh, reinvigorated to see Tom Gilbert the other night. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he just, he, made, he was in tears, you know what I mean? Getting his Queensland jersey. I mean, they're the blokes you want to play for your country as well, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's re- refreshing for me uh, to see that. And some people say about the money, right? Okay, yeah, no dramas. Well, I think they get 15 grand now. They used to get 30,000 for Origin. And there's the money comes involved in, uh, there as well. But, I mean, you, you, I'll go back to 95 and, and it's a different world. You know, the, the players in 95, they come in, they didn't even know they were getting paid, didn't care. You know what I mean? So I know it's a different world, uh, but and you get paid, uh, you know, pretty good to um, uh, for Australia. Mm. So I mean, and so you should be. You're representing your country. So I mean, and I know a lot of sports don't get paid well. I understand that as well. But mate, yeah, it's it's a, it's a real they're tiptoeing on eggshells. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, Ben. But if they put the rules in place at the start of the year, we wouldn't have this, uh, you know, talking point. 13-13-55, has Gilly got a point? Should you pledge your allegiance before Origin comes around, even before the year start? There, so there's no confusion, because right now it's not only state of origin, mm. but it is state of confusion. How much will Wednesday night play into World Cup jerseys, which you've got the rest of the season and final series yeah. to play out? So w- what holds more weight, Gilly? Oh, we used to, the years ago, we used to play straight after the Origin Series, we used to play uh, against New Zealand. So we'd pick a side straight away. But now it comes into a final series. Uh, that plays a, a big part as well because they're, they're game ready. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we, we used to have lead-up games. Uh, so if we didn't, the, the, some of the best players whose teams got knocked out years ago, we'd go to uh, PNG or Fiji and we'd play some uh, games while the semi-final series was, was it like on. a Prime Minister's yeah, 13? That's yeah. exactly right. And um, he wanted my job, the Prime Minister. Anyway, but, but it was... <laughs> Did I, you want his job? I sorted him out. No, no, no. <laughs> the Minister no, of Defence will, just, the minister of defense will sit with you. Fine. I don't want that job. But, you know, but, but then, then we'd have some warm-up games. And, and like now, I've been told, we're basically going straight into, into the series, so to uh, the World Cup. And, mate, you can get knocked out. You know mm. what I mean? So... Uh, there won't be too many warm-up games by the sound of it. Who should be captain? Of Australia? Mm. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because um, I'm sure it was Boyd Cordner who was the last was. in yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah. So, yeah. again, does does captaining your state mm. well, pull a, Like, how much weight well, does that pull? Well, and, and then it comes down to what? Well, DCE for, or Tedesco? Well, well for, for mine at the moment, because he's been there in the Australian jersey for quite a while and he, he's done his stripes as well. And, it, and it's um, 
take your take your Queensland hat off um, as well. Um, I think Tedesco probably mm. will get the job, uh, and he, he's he's shown he's been at the Roosters, you know, uh, while whilst Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend were the, both the skippers, and they both got, uh, you know, taken out of the game with through head knocks, yeah. and then Tedesco's taken over and done a superb job there. So, um, but I mean, he'll probably be uh, the skipper, I'd say. I don't know that though. I haven't heard anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm only surmising. And then the, we're reading into that as well. I mean, the two number sevens. Yeah. Um, is Cleary ahead of DCE? Well, possibly. And if you make DCE captain, I mean, it's well, almost there's a selection yeah. dilemma you've, yeah. you've got to I create. Mean, so. I mean, it's yeah, it's a it's a good headache to have, mm. you know, for Mel. Um, so I mean, I I think yeah, the halves mate, the third game is going to play a huge part. You know, what I mean, and we're all saying that um, Penrith are going to go well and truly deep into the finals, you know, and a big chance of winning it again, going back to back. So maybe the Penrith connection there as well might play a big part as well. Yeah, selection, especially when you have to bring them together. They, and it's, it, it's a short time. And, 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 and if not having too many warm-up games as well. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that club connection does help. All right, final word on Origin last week. You were telling us it's you just got to put Cleary on his backside every time he gets the ball, a bit like Tarek Sims and Adam mm. Reynolds yesterday. Every time he gets the ball, you just got to... But don't get Sinbin. No. <laughs> <laughs> what else needs to happen for us to win Wednesday no, night? No. Is it tailor-made for Queensland, Gilly? The it adversity, is. the oh, yeah. losing Munster, you know, the yeah. COVID chaos, last-minute disruption. And I'm hearing, you know, you know, mates are texting me, oh, you're no chance without Munster and... I said, oh, yeah, we've heard that before. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, You were no chance against 12 internationals yeah, in 95. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, it's right up our alley, isn't it, really? Um, they'll, they'll write us off. And, mate, I I can't tell you how much that Suncorp uh, atmosphere and that, you know, will will help. It's amazing. But you've got to go out there and perform. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Uh, I just like to see our, our forwards just dominate again like they did in that first game. Uh, they were just sensational. Got over the advantage line easy. The, the quick play of the balls was sensational. And I'm, I'm expecting a, a huge game from Josh Papali. He, he, he's set it himself. He's been a bit quiet and, he, and hasn't played the minutes he normally plays as well. So I expect him to have a huge game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lindsay Collins fan. Mm. Uh, you know, I like the, like the way he goes about things. He, he doesn't really care about his body or anything like that and his head and have a look. Who does that remind you of, Trevor? Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a bet, better better looking head than mine. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see, you know seeing yeah. those first five minutes. You know that hopefully we can dominate and and get over the top. Well, hopefully they have that fire lit. Papa Leahy and uh, also Lindsay Collins, yeah. Nathan Cleary, look out because when a bloke called Tom Gilbert gets on, he's oh. going to be just aiming him up. It's going to be an absolute belter. You'll hear it here on SENQ. That's right. The Origin Decider, Wednesday night at Suncorp Stadium. Gilly, always a pleasure. We'll Cheers, do it again Benny. next Monday. It's coming up to 16 and a half away from 12. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 11 away from 12. Alyssa Smith standing by with a sport update. But first of all, let's go to the text line. Nighty out at Sanford. Thank you, mate. He said, morning, Ben and Gilly. Love the story with Pearl. Re-origin three. Queensland need to shut Cleary down like they did in game one. Cotter did a great job by rushing him in the fifth and last. 
We know he likes to run and dummy. Shut that down and we'll limit his impact on the game. Well done, Nighty. Thank you. And Ryan's at North, North Lakes and he said, totally agree with Gilly. Players should always put Australia first. The rules need to be changed. 13, 13, 55 to have your say. Before we get to Alyssa, I was just touching base in the ad break with Mitch Crone, our man from Seven News on the ground down at Sanctuary Cove. The Maroons are training right now. It's still going. They were a little bit late, but Dearden training at 5 8 all session. Lock him in, I reckon. Mitch, there we go. Your sports credibility has just been put on the line, but Tom Dearden has been training at 5-8 for Queensland all session. Alyssa Smith, a good morning to you again. Good morning to you. Yeah, the, how exciting. The decider kicks off on Wednesday. Two more sleeps. There oh. won't be much sleep between it, I can tell you. What. Absolutely. And so many changes as well because of COVID and injuries and the rest What are your of it? Blues doing? Any update from them yet? Oh, you know what? If Freddie Pitler is going to have something up his sleeve, he mm. is going to want this so badly, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's got a pick players and stick mm-hmm. with them, not just cut them <laughs> off and just throw them Change away. Change them like game two, hey? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, this morning, a bit of a random one. Mm. Uh, Graham Arnold's in in Australia. He's down in Melbourne at the moment um, so to celebrate and commemorate 100 years of the Aussie men's football team. Australia Post, they're launching two new stamps of being available uh, July 19. So Graham Arnold, the head coach of the Socceroos, is down there unveiling the two stamps. I love this. And I asked this question too when I was in camp with the pods, the parents of dolphin swimmers for the Olympics last year yes. at Noosa. And they had stamps made of of the Golden Girls, uh, Ariane Titmus and Kaylee McEwen. And, 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 and I actually said, this is just for collectors, right? Because who uses stamps anymore? Like when was the last time you sent a letter? Yesterday. <laughs> is that showing my age? Really? And you used a stamp? Yeah. It's nice receiving letters in oh, the mail, Oh, it's fantastic. It? Yeah. Who'd you send a letter to? Oh, can, can I ask? My, I mean, was it personal? Uh, no, was it was it, my, ne- uh, my nephew. Sorry. It's his yeah. birthday. Oh, so, okay. Yes. Happy birthday. Cool. I'll just get back in my box. All right. What else? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, those stamps will be available uh, July 19. So a very special one to celebrate and commemorate the 100 years of the Aussie men's football team there. Mm. Let's touch on Wimbledon again because we heard from Nick Kyrgios. And, you know, I know you've been asking what that word was, but uh, Novak Djokovic, he wasn't a fan of him, never really had much to say about him. They've created this bromance. Well, this is what he had to say after he got the win of his seventh Wimbledon crown. I think you are a phenomenal tennis player, an athlete, an amazing talent. I mean, you've been hearing all of that for many years. But now, you know, everything is starting to come together for you. So I'm sure we're going to see much of you in the later stages of a Grand Slam, man. And um, I never thought I'm going to say so many nice things about you, considering, <laughs> considering the relationship. Okay, it's officially a bromance. All right. Yeah, hopefully this is a start of a wonderful relationship between the two of us. Off the court as well. <laughs> a bromance on and off the court. And what about the deal they had beforehand? They're going yes. out to a nightclub. Who's buying? Well, the winner buys. I wonder where they're going. You don't think Fleet Street haven't staked them out. That, <laughs> that's the next fight. I, actually, I want to see, I'll be checking social media. Yes, a dro- I reckon a postal drop in the next half an hour to, to, to an hour of them being out on the town somewhere in Wimbledon. Together, arms wrapped around each other. The Best bromance. The, the bromance, bromance continues. continues. Hey, in the supercars, there was a bit of drama as well five-second penalty to Anton Di Pasquale. He knocked Shane Van Gisbergen on at that final last turn. The final lap, the last turn on the way down that straight to claim victory. 
Copped the five-second time penalty, though. Uh, SVG getting the win and Deep Pasquale in second. Ken Waters finishing in third. Yeah, clean sweeping Townsville. Great to see the Holdens firing away. Speaking of firing away, we're going to do just that. And we'll be back to wrap it up. Six and a half away from 12. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, and what a morning it's been. Thanks for padding up, putting in the mouth guard, running on with me for the last three hours. Jimmy Smith standing by with afternoons here on SENQ. Uh, come Origin Day, which is what? Two more sleeps time. Cannot wait for that. I will be back from 9 to 12. It is an Origin decider. We don't get too many days like this on the calendar. We love it, and we'll bring you everything from Camp Marawi. May even touch base with the Blues too. Why not? As I say all the time, every hero needs a villain. That's what we do here on Queensland's new home of sports, 693 SENQ. Thank you so much for your company today. If you missed any part of the show, you want to relive it, tell your mates, grab the podcast, subscribe to SEN Queensland, whether it's via iTunes, Spotify, however you do it. I'll be back Wednesday morning from 9. Until then, stay safe. Good luck. Good hunting. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening. You can catch the show live on air on your app or online. It's 693 SENQ every Monday morning from 9. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91